Good evening, supervisors. Good evening, staff. Good evening, Loudoun. I'd like to call the order the November 15, 2017, Loudoun County Board of Supervisors public hearing. If anyone in the room needs hearing assistance, please see the clerk to my left. Would everybody please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance? Members of the public wishing to speak on any item in this public hearing, if you've not already done so, you do need to sign up with the clerk to my left. All members of the public who have signed up to speak will be allowed it, allotted two and a half minutes. We ask that when your name is called, please come to the podium closest to you and state your name for the record. The timer on the podium will indicate, will indicate your remaining time. When the time has expired, we ask that you please yield the floor to the next speaker. I should say that a couple things. One, um, if, if, if you've come to speak about a particular item and you've heard someone express the views that you would like to have expressed already and you choose not to speak when your name is called, you can just let me know that. Just say you can pass. You, can, you obviously can speak, but you don't, you, you don't have to feel like you need to speak because you've signed up if somebody else has already, already expressed your views. Also, um, I, run a, I run a fairly tight ship, and so clapping nor booing is allowed. If you want to show your support, you can definitely do jazz hands. That's about as, that's about as much as that can be, because otherwise it can get uh, pretty raucous in here. I should say that we've had two items that will not be discussed tonight because the applicant has asked to pull those items and defer them to another uh, public hearing meeting. Those items are um, item number 10, ZPEX-2016-0066, the James River Petroleum, and item number eight, DCPA-2016-0015, ZMOD-2017-0009, and ZIDP-2017-0001, which is the Lansdowne Town Center um, uh, friends that would be deferred, then that would be deferred item. That would be deferred also. So if you're here to speak on either one of those items, we're not gonna take up those items this evening, and we will re-advertise both of those items for the um, for the, for the public hearing that they will be available at. Um, I just have a practice of, of adjusting the agenda when I know that there are lots of people in the room to speak on one item because there truthfully is no reason for you all to sit here through 12 items and sit with us until, you know, 10 o'clock this evening, um, unless you want to sit with us for 10 o'clock this evening. And so I'm actually going to uh, put item 13, which is the last one on the agenda, um, first, because that's the item that I have the most speakers um, signed up for. So could staff come to the table um, to do ZMAP 2017-0003, uh, uh, ZMOT 2017-0001, and SPMI 2017-0020, True Note Data Center, which is in the Catoctin District. Good evening, staff. Good evening. Uh, we are ready when you are, and I'm assuming the applicant is here. You cannot, you cannot, hello. How are you? Good, how are you? I am very good, thanks. Okay, staff, whenever you're ready. Madam Chair, members of the board, Steve Barney, Department of Planning and Zoning. For the record, the required affidavit of mailing and posting has been submitted. There's only one update to the staff report uh, that the approved signed proffers have been submitted, although they were submitted after the packet distribution date, and so the version you have in front of you in your packet 
those are not the approved signed proffers. Um, and a uh, staff presentation is available should the board choose to hear it. You know what? Because I think many people in here tonight are for this are here for this item, I am going to do the staff presentation. So yes, we want the staff presentation. Thank you. So True North Data, this is a request to rezone approximately 106 acres from the TR10 or Transitional Residential 10 Zoning District to the PDOP or Planned Development Office Park Zoning District to allow up to 750,000 square feet of data center uses and an electrical utility substation and modifications to tree canopy, sidewalk, and landscaping requirements of the zoning ordinance. Property is located north of Sicklin Road, south of the Greenway, the Dulles Greenway, and west of Goose Creek. The property is primarily undeveloped. There's some agricultural buildings, gravel parking area, and gravel roads. Major floodplain is on the site associated with Goose Creek and minor floodplain associated with a tributary to the creek on the interior of the property. In terms of surrounding uses, to the southeast and uh, west, these properties are partially generally undeveloped and rural with the exception of the future academies of Loudoun. Uh, to the east, there's a bed and breakfast and event facility and a county-owned open space parcel. To the north, across the Greenway, is the Loudoun Water Treatment Plant, Luxstone Quarry, and the Stonewall Secure Business Park, uh, which is approved for data center and office uses. Adjacent zoning to the south, east, and west is residential. Zoning to the north, across the Greenway, is industrial. The topography, the topography of the site varies. It slopes generally downward towards the creek, and it also slopes down from both the greenway and the site interior toward the tributary in the middle of the site. This is located in the transition policy area. This policy area is intended as a transition between the suburban and the rural policy areas. Uh, the comprehensive plan envisions innovative development within the transition area, a blend of rural and suburban development, and achieving a balance of natural and built environments. Uh, transition area emphasizes uh, cluster development, significant open space, and meeting the green infrastructure policies of the plan. North of the site, across the greenway, is the North Cyclon sub-area of the transition policy area. just wanted to briefly mention it. Uh, there was a 2013 board-approved comprehensive plan amendment uh, for this sub-area. It was recognized as an emerging industrial area due to the presence of several approved um, industrial-like uses, such as the expansion of Luxstone Quarry, Loudon Water Treatment Plant, uh, data center and office uses, and a natural gas power plant. <clears throat> so this site uh, is planned for transitional uses, meaning low-density residential at one unit per 10 acres, or uh, compatible commercial and institutional uses. Properties to the south, west, and east are uh, planned for transitional and residential uses, and across the greenway to the north, properties are planned for business or industrial uses. This is the applicant's uh, concept development plan. There are nine proposed data center buildings shown in blue. Parking is shown in brown. Uh, there's also uh, proposed stormwater management on the site. The red asterisk is the general location of the proposed electric utility substation. One full movement access point is proposed on Cyclone Road, and the site would be served by public water and sewer. There are a number of commitments the applicant has proffered to, and uh, these include 
uh, limiting floor area ratio to 0.16 as opposed to the 0.6 uh, permitted for the PDOP zoning district, limiting building height to 35 feet, sidewalks and turn lanes on Sicklin Road, uh, a commitment to refraining from use of groundwater or surface water for data center cooling purposes, providing the required 300-foot setback from Goose Creek and stream and wetland mitigation. Uh, in addition, the applicant uh, has agreed to dedicate land for the future Goose Creek Linear Park. Uh, and uh, I should also mention the applicant has made commitments to tree conservation and open space. There are a number of outstanding issues. The key issue is that the proposed PDOP zoning district and data center uses are inconsistent with the plan policies for the transition area. Uh, the plan envisions low-density residential uses or non-residential uses appropriate for transition from suburban to rural. Um, these uses do not include data centers, which are intense suburban uses. Beyond land use, there are a number of additional policy issues which staff has been working with the applicant for several months to address. However, these issues remain outstanding, and I will go through them briefly. In terms of open space, the applicant has proffered to provide 58% of the site as open space, as shown in this illustrative graphic, which is not proffered. Uh, this 58% is less than the 70% open space that the revised general plan envisions for um, this sub-area of the transition area. And 70% uh, is also what current zoning of the site would, uh, would require. Uh, staff continues to recommend the applicant consider additional layout options that would allow the development to meet the 70% threshold. And for reference, the Academies of Loudoun Development, which was recently approved nearby, uh, would provide 89% open space. In terms of building design, this is an illustrative showing the, the proposed design. And uh, this graphic is not proffered. The plan calls for buildings, uh, the revised general plan calls for buildings in the transition area to be a maximum of 150 feet long. Uh, the proposed buildings in the applicant's development would be 400 to 800 feet long. So staff does have concerns about the scale of the buildings as well as the suburban character of the design. However, uh, scale and design would be less of an issue if the buildings were not visible from adjacent roads and from Goose Creek. This is an illustrative cross-section uh, shown at the Dulles Greenway, and this graphic is not proffered. It shows that there's a 28-foot drop between the, the grade of the greenway and the grade of the adjacent proposed building, uh, and this is on the, the western frontage of uh, the greenway at the property. And it does appear that the combination of this topography and the existing trees that would pre be preserved along the western frontage would effectively screen uh, one of the buildings along the frontage. Uh, in terms of the eastern greenway frontage, there's a similar drop, uh, but almost no tree conservation proposed, so the easternmost building would be more visible from the greenway. Applicant has also provided a cross-section showing the view from Goose Creek. It appears that existing topography and trees would likely screen the view of the site from Goose Creek. <clears throat> uh, and continuing, this is a... Uh, Cross-section the applicant is provided for Sickland Road, and again, this graphic is not proffered. So along the western Sickland frontage, uh, the applicant proposes situating the, um, the building uh, approximately 18 feet lower than the, the grade of the road. And this 18-foot drop, as well as proposed landscaping, could effectively screen the building 
uh, at View 1 on the western portion of the frontage of the road, and the applicant is also committed to providing supplemental evergreen landscaping or evergreen trees along Sicklin Road. However, uh, the two buildings proposed to front Sicklin Road would be more visible from Sicklin at uh, View 2, the site entrance, and at View 3, where the building would be nearly level with Sicklin Road and likely uh, to be visible for several years until the required landscaping is fully mature. So staff would recommend a, a uh, staff would recommend a proffered commitment to elevations and design elements where buildings would be visible from Sicklin Road. In terms of natural and heritage resource issues, the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation, or DCR, has confirmed there's a northern Piedmont Mafic Barren natural community on the site. It's in the northeast corner. This is a particular combination of rock outcrops, soil types, and plant species. Uh, DCR has identified this community as globally rare because only 10 instances are, are known worldwide. Uh, only one is in Loudoun County. Uh, DCR does note that the community on this site is threatened by invasive weeds and shading. However, um, reports that prospects for recovery are excellent if the agency's recommendations for preservation were followed. Uh, there are two parts of the community. It's outlined in green. The applicant has stated that both parts uh, would be removed by grading uh, for the proposed building and parking adjacent to the greenway. And plan policy is to avoid impacts to identified natural heritage resources, so staff continues to recommend the applicant consider additional layout options that would avoid the elimination of this feature. With respect to tree conservation, this is the extent of tree cover today. Uh, the green area shows the tree cover that the applicant proposes to conserve, and staff continues to recommend the applicant consider additional layout options that would allow preservation of tree canopy along the eastern frontage of the Dulles Greenway as well as the western property line. Staff recommends the applications be forwarded to a business meeting or to the Transportation Land Use Committee for more discussion. We'd like for the applicant to have the opportunity to look at the feasibility of some site layout and building design alternatives that would address these issues. And this concludes the staff presentation. Thank you very much. Uh, supervisors, before I call for questions to staff, I should say um, that Mr. Bona is, um, won't be joining us tonight because he is um, away on business. Mr. Myers, I, I believe, is also away on business, and so I don't think he's joining us tonight, but I'm not positive about that. So I should say they're not just missing, they're actually um, doing their day jobs. So uh, questions for staff? Um, questions for staff? Mr. Sainz? Thank you, Madam Chair. All right, thank you, staff, for the report. Um, obviously, we've got a, numerous emails coming in, and one of the main topics uh, that the you know, community raised was um, drinking water. So how would this development impact Loudoun's drinking water supply? Sure. Staff has not identified specific concerns or impacts related to stormwater. Clearly, uh, development on this site would increase the impervious surface on the site, and this would increase the amount of stormwater uh, that would flow to Goose Creek after being treated. Uh, the, the site would be required to comply with all stormwater management requirements, both, both state and local. Um, the Goose Creek does um, drain to the, well, the, the Goose Creek Reservoir, provides stormwater, and that's, that's downstream from, from this site. 
Um, it, it is feasible that um, there could be some impacts to, uh, to water quality in the creek from the site, although we'll add the applicant is providing the required 300-foot setback per, per plan policy and stormwater would be treated. Okay, thank you. Uh, next question is how far is Panda, how far exactly is Panda and the Loudoun Water Facility, uh, facility, excuse me, away from this development? And would you say they're similar in nature? Loudoun Water Facility is uh, immediately across this uh, Dulles Greenway from the site. And I don't have a linear footage on the, the Panda distance, but I'm, um, I, I believe it's within approximately 1,000 feet. We can, we can get that exact uh, answer for you. All right, but it, you would say guesstimation less than a mile? Yes. Okay. Um, and how far is the nearest home development from this proposed development? Uh, the nearest would be the Goose Creek Village North, which is and the nearest home in that development is uh, approximately 1,750 linear feet um, from the site. So again, less than a mile or a mile or two, I guess. Less than a half mile. Okay. All right. And then would you consider this uh, application uh, low or limited density? I would consider the application uh, high density in terms of the amount of ground it's covering for the transition area. But how about in regards to traffic? Uh, traffic generation. Um, Department of Transportation Capital Infrastructure reviewed the application found that traffic generation be relatively neg negligible. Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. Mr. Higgins. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, <clears throat> when we looked at the slides here, going back to your presentation, you show the Dulles Greenway blow-up section and you show the Sicklin Roadside blow-up section. And in my view, those slides are not accurate because those trees that are shown on that are not between the data center and the road. Those trees are some that may exist behind it in both cases. The, the trees along Sicklin Road don't exist. Those are going to be planted. And so it makes it look like the data center is hidden, and it's not. And I think that um, those you know, for my colleagues, anybody else, I think those, those slides are not, not an accurate description of the project. The other thing that um, I can tell you from the perspective of Dulles Greenway, there's no way you're going to hide that project because you're looking down in a bowl and you can't grow enough trees to hide it. And I drive by there every day. So there's, there's nothing that's going to hide that from the roadway. Um, with regard to the other photographs, like that aerial photograph, that's not a true depiction of the area either. Because if you back up and back up until you can see Leesburg, all that property west and north, with the exception of the area where the Panda Power Plant is in the water, um, is all green grass. It's all open space. So this makes it look like this is a highly dense area when it's not. It's a very rural area. And so that's, that's not an accurate um, depiction either and, and leads people to believe something is different than what it is. I would also say that I've heard it said that, um, you know, the area is already compromised because of the uh, Panda Power Plant and the uh, uh, Loudon Water. 
It's only compromised to the extent that you can see those from the greenway, and they, they exist. But if you get on the back roads and you get on the other side, you can't even get to those developments. You can't find them. They are screened. It's kind of like the academies allowed. The academy allowed is in the center of a big patch of woods. You won't see it at all other than the road going in. This is 750,000 feet covering every inch of this. That's uh, a very intense use in, in the wrong place. And I don't have a problem with data centers. They're great contributors to our county. And I met with the applicant. And actually, as far as data centers go, this one is a, is a, a nice project, but it's in the wrong place. And so I'm just troubled by the presentation because the presentation does not accurately reflect the area and um, what's going on around there. And I'll have more to say later. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Umstead. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. If, uh, if the applicant wanted to take steps to reduce the impervious pavement and impervious surfaces on the project um, using, say, paving technology like grass-crete uh, or grass pavers, do we have any county regulations that would prohibit it or any state regulations you're aware of that would prohibit those steps? I would need to confer with Department of Building Development to provide you a, a good answer for that. All right, yeah, if, if you could get back to the board with that answer, that would be helpful. About what percentage of the project is going to be built on what appears to be um, unforested land? Again, rather than um, hazarding a, a guess, um, well, I, I can say that um, the, the five buildings uh, closest to Sicklin Road um, would appear to be on, on unforested land generally, um, and we can take a quick look at that. But I don't have an exact percentage for you. I'm sorry, seven buildings. Okay. Um, the other questions I think I'll save for the applicant. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mr. Letourneau? Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I'm going to ask questions since this is question time. Um, the, uh, the north side of the North Sicklin area, was that always zoned industrial where Stonewall is? It's in the transition area, yes. That's correct. Um, those zoning cases began um, approximately 2008, 2009. So it was not previously zoned industrial. What was it previously? I would need to confirm. I believe it was a transitional category. We can confirm that. Something like TR10 like this is? That's so if the argument is that by approving this application, the board sets a precedent that we have to approve every subsequent application. That would not seem to be the case if we've already approved a long time ago in the same policy area with the same zoning a similar type of application, and yet here we are having a debate because it's at the board's discretion, right? The board has previously approved data center uses. Uh, in the transition area. Correct. But that does not necessarily compel us to either approve or deny this application, right? Agreed. Okay. This is a standalone case. Um, 
has the Department of Economic Development done an economic impact analysis of this project? Is there a dollar figure in terms of revenue associated with it that county staff can verify? Uh, I believe they have. I don't have that figure in front of me, um, but if BED staff is in the room, I'm sure they could provide that. Okay. Are they? You can stop his clock until um, he could until Mr. Reiser gets to the table. The INC started over. <laughs> it was at 108. 108. Uh, our economic development study said that it was between 22 and 24 uh, million dollars a year at full build out. And what was that based on? Uh, based on the real property taxes, the personal property taxes, and, and other sort of Is that consistent with what other data centers generate? Because it's been alleged that it may not be that other data centers don't generate that much for similar projects of this size. No, that is pr precisely what other data centers, um, and, and I believe this to be exactly like those. Okay. In that, in that ballpark. It's not just real property tax, it's also the computer generation. Which is the 85% the of that money. Right, and that's an ongoing stream because when it depreciates, it's replaced? That's right. Okay, thank you. No more questions. Um, I, I, I just want to repeat what you said just to make sure I heard you right. Um, we talk about the, it's called the Mafic Baron. Only 10 occurrences of this, of this community have been documented worldwide. Is that, is that correct? We have something here in Loudoun County where only 10 occurrences have been documented worldwide. And there have been some discussions about where, well, it's going to disappear anyway. But did I hear you say that, that, that without much um, trouble at all, we could actually do something to help mitigate that and, 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 um, and try to, the, the, the prospects for recovery are excellent? Did I hear you say that? Yes, if the property owner established a, an avoidance buffer, an eight-acre avoidance buffer, and um, conducted some invasive species removal. Okay, and, and I'll ask the applicant about that because from what I understand, that is not what they intend to do. I'll ask the applicant about that when I get to them. Um, let's be clear. Th this, could, this could happen under the current land use plan. This cannot happen under the current land use plan, correct? Current land use plan uh, does not recommend this. Does not recommend this. Um, and when we talk about the, the, the house that is not that far from this location, that house is, is allowed under the current land use plan, correct? That's correct. That, that, that development. So we're not talking about something that hasn't been allowed. So when the transition policy area was put in place, we were very specific about what we would allow, what we wouldn't allow, and what's there now is what we, what, what we said we would allow at that time, correct? Um, yes, I do want to point out the subdivision I was referring to is, is actually a, across the creek in the uh, suburban policy area, but there there are other homes nearby in the that are allowed in the transition area by, by per the current transition area plan as, as it how as is how it was drawn. Okay, right. I, you know I I think I should say um, as Mr. Higgins alluded to this that you know we value our data center market very much. When we were going through the Great Recession, the data center markets kept Loudoun um, in, in good stead, and they have been good neighbors and a good revenue source. So this is not really a, this is not at all about for me whether or not we value our data centers or our data center market. This is about location, 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 and I think that that needs to be said, just in case somebody might want to say that that somebody appears not for 
data centers are not for data center revenue. That's just not true, but everything has a place. So thank you. All right, uh, applicants, hello. You have 10 minutes. You can either stand or sit down either way, and whenever, whenever you're ready to start, we are ready for you. Good evening, Madam Chair. My name is Colleen Gillis. I'm here this evening on behalf of True North Data. And uh, before I get started with my who, what, where, when, why presentation, because I understand that there are a lot of questions about the application, some misinformation about what it is that is actually being proposed, I wanted to start this with kind of an acknowledgement. We acknowledge very deeply that the choice before you as the Board of Supervisors, you're filled with a room of people who care about this county. You've heard me before, I live here. You all care, you chose to serve here. The room is filled with people who care about this county. And Compass Data Centers has come here because they also want to be a part of the Loudoun County community and want to figure out a way to contribute. When they approached me almost a year ago, I thought exactly as some of the comments I just heard, there's no way. But what they've proven to me and to other people in your planning commission over the last year or so is, is that they can do data centers in this location in an environmentally responsible way. So Compass Data Centers, internationally renowned, Buddy Riser Economic Development worked for over five years to get, us to, to get Compass to Loudoun County over Prince William County and a number of other areas. Most important thing is that they're an industry disruptor. Their facilities are water free. They only use water for humidification, which obviously the water in this area, you asked a number of questions about it, is critically important. Well, what's being proposed? Steve did a great job of identifying where the property is located. As you know, we can develop the property today for 10 homes. And as I'll show through this presentation, those 10 homes would do more for the water supply, more to degrade the water supply and do more in terms of sheet flow and stormwater runoff to harm Goose Creek than what it is that we're proposing. We've talked about we've, we're limiting the FAR, we're committing to it only being data center. And of importance, we're committing to a 300-foot set back to the Goose Creek. This is called, under our ordinance, the Reservoir Protection Zone. And it is so called because it does exactly that. By, by preserving this area, not developing within it, it preserves that Goose Creek Reservoir and the Goose Creek. We have 61 and a half acres of open space at a minimum, we'll likely do more, and 60 a.m., 68 p.m. peak hour trips. It is a fraction. When you think about that, those numbers, that's a trip an hour. It's nothing. Supervisor Umstead, you asked a question about impervious areas. We thought it was important for us to, to point this out to you. What you see on the left is an illustrative that tells you a little bit more about how this is going to look. And if you look at this, you might think, wow, that's a lot of impervious. That's a, or there's a, that's a lot of impervious area. The reality is, is, is that only about 20 acres, 22 acres of the, of the site, the building area, the drive aisles, um, and the parking areas are pervious pavement. Other than that, what you see in the equipment yards, it's, it's gravel-based. That is pervious surface through which the, sheet, the stormwater can run into the area. It's really important to note that so much of it is, is pervious area. And we care about this because of TMDLs. I don't have to repeat it to any of you all, but a couple years back, we worried very deeply about the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Ordinance, considered deeply whether to, whether to adopt the Chesapeake Bay Preservation Ordinance. One of the things that came out, and this is from DEQ and the Loudoun Watershed Watch, is, is that livestock, failing septic tanks, and wildlife are the major sources of pollution impacting on water quality. 
And so what we set out to prove is, is that we've got a 71% decrease in stormwater runoff. Now that's not 71% versus a traditional data center. It's 71% versus how the property is being utilized today. With that sheet flow, because it is completely untreated, we are reducing it tremendously by, the, by underground vaults. All of our stormwater will be treated in underground vaults and some other things. What you see in the top left are the are the processes through which the stormwater will be treated. Bioretention facility, then to a vegetation facility, then to an underground vault with an isolator row to capture pollutants, then a bay filter. And all of this is going to remove fine sediment, heavy metals, and phosphorus, treat it within that underground vault before it gets discharged into the ground, and then ultimately, when it makes its way through the 300-foot setback, into the goose. What this means, and you can see it on the bottom, is, is that the post-development treatment of stormwater is far, far better than what it is currently today. Talked a little bit about the location of the resources. The question that, uh, that Supervisor Sains asked was how close um, are these facilities away? We're a couple hundred feet from the Loudoun Water Facility. We estimate about two-thirds of a mile from the, excuse me, uh, about 1,500 feet from the Panda facility. The reality is, is that we are at the confluence of so many, so many critical needs here for data centers, power, water, fiber, and we are boring at our cost a 16-inch main under the greenway at our cost, not the county's cost, not Loudoun Water's cost, under the greenway to provide so that we can be served by Loudoun Water. We're not. We've committed to not drawing from the groundwater for serving our of our, of our data centers. This is the aerial view of the site, but who's going to be in a plane and look at it? Here are the views along Sicklin Road. You can see we've enhanced our landscaping. We're closely with the Planning Commission to add landscaping, looking north, looking east, looking straight at the entrance. We obviously need to identify where the entrance is so health and, and travelers can get uh, safety professionals and travelers can get there. This is the view looking southwest. I encourage and invite each and every one of you as you drive along the greenway to continue to see how this vegetation exists even as we're losing uh, leaves uh, in mid-November. Steve, uh, Steve talked a little bit about the cross-section. I'm going to fly through this um, so that we can get through more of the points. This is the view looking directly at the Goose Creek. There is, and you can't see it, but there is a slight ridge within those trees that will further screen from the Goose Creek and from properties across the Goose Creek the data centers that are within the property. This is another view looking west directly at the campus. As I said earlier, 61 and a half acres of open space. We're really proud of this number. It's about 58% of the site. And we're also dedicating a 100-foot linear park. We worked closely with Parks and Rec so that they can continue the linear park that they're planning for off-site north and south of the property. We, these are not part of the proffers already, but we've heard from some of you that you are concerned about, about the vegetation, about pollinators. And so we're going to commit to a minimum of two acres of pollinator plants being planted on site. We're also going to volunteer to proffer to protect the wood turtles in accordance with the proffer that the board, recent, not recently, a couple years back required uh, to protect wood turtles. And we're going to add those to the proffers as well. So when? The question is, is when? Why can't we wait until the Envision Loudon process is over? Well, the reality is, is, is that we need it now. We need it now because we've got customers who want to be here and they're ready to go. Contracts for delivery for later this summer. But to the point that Buddy mentioned earlier, $22.5 million annually in tax revenue. And as you all heard recently in your budgetary presentation, as we, as we all of us in this room, stare down the bar barrel of our tax rate for next year and how are we going to fully fund the schools and all of the different things that we want to do, it becomes critically important for us to look at the revenue sources that are available to us. And when we talk about what does $22.5 million mean, it means $0.03 cents on the tax rate. $0.03 cents on the tax rate. 
And we think that our ability to deliver this, not only for the, for the hypercloud users and our customers, but for us here in Loudoun County to deliver this sooner rather than later is very, very important. Why? Well, we think that this is the greenest type of data center you can imagine. When you think about what I've already said, you might go, well, what does that mean? On the left here, you can see a traditional data center, 750,000 square feet, would consume 18 plus million gallons of wa water every year. Compass, 130,000 gallons every year. That's only 0.7% of what a traditional data center would utilize. But if the property were developed with 10 by-right houses, and keep in mind, they're drawing from the ground because it's well and septic, you're talking about 1.4 million gallons annually, and that's based on Loudon Water estimates about what a house uses. So this is the side-by-side -side here. What you can see is that True, True North and the data center we're providing is far more water-sensitive than either the buy-right development or another data center in this, in this environment. So for all of these reasons, tax revenue, we're, providing, uh, we're planning to do a Women in STEM scholarship, working closely with the academies allowed across the, across the road, improvements to Sicklin Road, low or no impact to transportation or schools. The reality is, is that we're not, you're not going to take the $22 million in and then have to spend it to offset our impacts. It's pure profit to the county and utilization. Obviously, Steve raised a number of different issues. I'll highlight one, the transition policy area. Um, transition policy area is intended within our plan today to be a transition from the from the suburban policy area, where it's denser development, to the rural policy area. As you look along Sicklin Road, the entirety of Sicklin Road is transition policy area until you get to the town of Leesburg. And when you get to the town of Leesburg, you come right into the airport, the industrial, the sheriff's complex, other industrial uses that are right there. That is where Leesburg planned for its industrial uses to go. And this, this notion that we're transitioning to a rural area may be appropriate in other ports, parts of the transition policy area, but I think that we can set this aside as something different. Design, we proffered to three of the minimum, at least three of the proper design elements set forth in the ordinance. So we're going over and above what the data center ordinance would otherwise require and proffering to a maximum of 35 feet. You're not going to see these tall buildings that you see on 28 in the Greenway and other locations. And this is the, excuse me, this is the view looking at the entrance. Uh, tree save area, we were asked about tree save, could we add additional tree save areas? We tried to consolidate our development as much as possible within the central core of the property, and we've done, been as efficient as we possibly can and disturbed as little as we can so that we can do almost 19 to 20% of tree save on the property. The additional areas that we can't save are just because we, we think that we're going to need it for clearing and grading. There's a question about Sicklin Road and whether or not we saw this in the staff report, we're happy to agree to staff's request to, the, to do the berming and screening along Sicklin Road. And Ms. Gillis, I'm going to stop you now. Yep. Your time's up. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, supervisors, do we have questions for the applicant? Ms. Umstead. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you very much for that presentation. Um, let me go over some of the questions I forwarded to you. <clears throat> um, that I've been hearing from citizens. Um, one question is, can the project uh, be successful without requiring the future construction of any additional overhead power lines? The answer is yes. Okay. Um, we, we have, we'll be getting 60 megawatts of power, which is almost all that we need without building a substation or adding, we're adding one small overhead line across the Greenway. It's not one of the large power lines that you see. It's one of the smaller versions, and that should be all that we need. 
and if we need to add additional power, we'll just add another line across there so it won't be a visual difference. And uh, we expect very, very high likelihood that we would never need to build a substation. Okay. Another concern um, that has been expressed by a number of um, people sending in emails, uh, do you plan to store generator fuel on site, and what, um, what can you do to yeah. guarantee there won't be any spills? So, yes, we, we will, and they, there was a statement on some of the comments that would be underground tanks. That is not true. They are above-ground tanks. They're belly tanks underneath the generator enclosure, double-walled steel tanks. So you have a primary tank. If it spills, it spills into another steel tank. Um, but these things are bulletproof. They've been proven in industry and data centers for you know tens and tens and tens of years. Um, and in addition, we have a 24-7 monitoring system that alarms if there is any, even a small leak, and we have 24-7 staff on site, so they would go address the leak. In addition, we have management practices in place to where we maintain it so it doesn't ever leak, consistently maintained. And if there was a very, very unlikely event of a leak, we have emergency operating procedures in place to take care of that and contain it immediately. So it's a very highly unlikely thing to ever happen because of the double steel tank, and if it ever did, we would know it immediately and be able to address it immediately. All right, and I think the final question I'll ask is, um, can you do anything to limit or reduce the impervious uh, roof surface of these buildings? I think you, you pointed out we have very little actual impervious surface. The roofs in data centers, you know, there's really not much we can do as far as roof gardens and things along those lines. The customers just flat out wouldn't occupy the space because we have lots of power and lots of computer gear. Anything wet on the ceiling is a big deal. Um, but what we've done is take a very, you know, programmatic approach to the site, limiting the amount of roof space, limiting the amount of impervious surface. We've taken great, you know, strides to do that and, and to great expense and, and limiting the amount of square footage we develop. So, for example, our equipment yards are gravel, so the water seeps in. We've designed this very elaborate stormwater system that makes the stormwater release and the quality of the stormwater release only 25% of what it is currently compared to uh, farmland. So it's really, even though we propose to build 750,000 square feet of data center buildings, at the end state, we're going to be protecting the Goose Creek watershed much more than we are currently as raw farmland. So. We've already done a lot of design features, a great deal of them, to account for that issue. Um, there's not much we can do on the roof, and I know you mentioned the grass creek. Uh, you know, there's really not that much parking or drive areas. In those areas, we need to maintain the strength of the pavement or they'll degrade. So we're certainly willing to look at that. I don't know if there's some places we could do, but there's not a lot of opportunity. We've already squeezed down the amount of impervious surface to the bare minimum. And so if we try to add other features, you know, it's just difficult to do. But we've already addressed all that through the design that we're presenting. Okay, we're going to go on to the next Thanks. question. Um, Mr. Higgins? Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, we, we got a lot of talk about the justification for this because of the compromise in the area that Mr. Letourneau doesn't think is a justification for this. But um, does anybody have Google Maps that they can bring up here and back out so you can see Leesburg? Because this is a good seven miles from there, I'll bet you. We actually measured it. It's two and a half from the Goose Creek Village to the town of Leesburg limits along Sickle Road. We'd, 
can't, no, can't, can't be two and a half. You, you, you can't talk from the audience. Well, we'll no, you can't bring it up on a map, but I, I'll, I'll make sure we have a map before our next meeting. Mr. Sainz? Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, during your presentation, you mentioned briefly um, in regards to a STEM and the Women's Scholarship. Can you give us more details about that, please? Yeah, we have uh, committed to provide a $20,000 STEM and Women's Scholarship that is just money we'll grant to the Academy, let them administer it how they want. Is the only reason we haven't proffered to us because we don't know how they want to administer it, and we're open to letting them do that however they like. Um, we would like to have continued partnership with our customers we're putting on the site. Obviously, we can't speak for the customers, but we know there's interest to have students over, tour the facilities, potentially even internships. It's just not within our power to commit to that, but we're providing a scholarship that is focused on STEM and women um, advancement in industry. Okay. And last question. I know we've, you know, obviously, through the years, we've had several different uh, data centers, and over the years, they've gotten better in regards to noise and, you know, mm -hmm. um, in the in the neighborhood and et cetera. So would this one have be again I guess state of the art and uh, have noise mitigations and would it be built to the latest uh, environmental friendly uh, codes or suggestions I guess? Yes, great point. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're setting the industry standard. We're disruptors in in all those regards. We're quieter. The cooling system we use, which does, not only does it not use water, it's actually a lot quieter than what you see in most data centers to begin with. We're also set back a lot farther, have all these buffers. They're between our buildings, so they help shield the sounds of the sound. We've built in both Boston and some other markets where we're right across the streets from, from you know, family, multifamily units and have had no complaints. And this is even more advanced than what we built then. So, yes, we have addressed both from environmental efficiency. This data center is extremely efficient, uses the least amount of power possible for a data center compared to what uh, others use. And it's also um, very environmentally friendly designed to the green elements on the site and low noise as well. Thank you. Ms. Uh, Ms. Bopi. Thank you, Madam Chairman. Um, first, I'd like to ask a question because you were in the middle of saying something about trees and Sicklin Road. If you could finish that, what you all are, are you going to do something or willing to do something? <laughs> staff, staff, uh, the staff report identified that how we resolved this issue of screening along Sicklin Road was not sufficient, and they asked us to commit to what we were already showing on our phase one site plan, which is concurrently processing to meet the customer demand. And this came up in the staff report. We're happy to commit to that. We're happy to, to commit to do the screening and the berming that along Sicklin Road that, that staff identified they'd like us to proffer to in the staff report, and that was all. I disagree. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Mr. Letourneau? Thank you. Um, I think the question about the Google Maps was probably more towards staff, so I won't ask you. I have it up, and I think when we go back to board discussion, Marshawn, I think you were in the process of getting it up, so let's go ahead and do that because I have it here. I have the Leesburg boundary. I can see where that is. Um, in the meantime, though, I'll ask a question. Um, so talk to me about the timing of this application versus the tenant commitment and how you ended up on this site. Because people have asked, understandably so, why does it have to be here? Why can't you wait for the end of the envision allowed-in process? And, and Ms. Ms. Gillis mentioned some of that in her application. Um, and frankly, I would have liked to see the envision allowed-in process be completed too, although I can't tell you when that's going to actually be, given what's going on with it. Um, but what are the contractual commitments, and if this application, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, if this application is not approved, what happens? 
Yeah, if this application is not approved, obviously we don't develop data centers on the site and those customers go away. There's a, with the very large companies that we're, you know, proposing for this site, the market's very dynamic and everything's changing. There aren't a lot of, you know, sites that accommodate them left in Loudoun County. So what happens is they want to be in this building at the end of the summer in 2018. If that doesn't happen for them, they've made a lot of public announcements that we've all read about and they have got to go solve that data center space somehow. It does not exist in Loudoun County for what they need at the moment. So, you know, what they, you've already seen large customers going to Prince William County and Rico County, things along those lines. There's a push to do that because there's more land and, and easier to do. This customer is one of those folks. And, you know, if they can't get it solved here, they're going to go elsewhere. And so... It's not a matter of we just tell them. And by the way, Marshawn, you got to put it, take it off satellite and put it on regular so you can see the town boundary. Right. You can't see it on the satellite. Um, you should, if you do Google Maps, you can see the... It's not as if the $22 million in tax revenue may appear somewhere else. It may or may not. But right now, for this need, it will disappear from Loudoun County. Okay. Well, that, yeah, that where that pin is, is the, see where that red pin is? That's, looks, at least for me, that's the end of the runway. That's roughly the town boundary. Okay, thank you. So you talked about um, you, you're going to proffer the th three design standards versus two, and you're required to do two. Do you know what three those are going to be? Yeah, they're, they're from the list. Do you have the list? Very small amount. <laughs> um, change in uh, there are building setbacks and recesses, uh, fenestration, uh, changes in building material, pattern, texture, color, or use of accent materials. We're doing all of those and change in building height. And change of what? Building height. And let's talk a little bit about the Mafic bearing. Mm -hmm. uh, do you all plan on trying to preserve that? We were not planning on preserving it. Um, when we looked at the, when we looked at the cost that, to. That, 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 that answer's fine. Okay. That answer's fine. Because you're saying that we, there's a 10 documented worldwide um, species of this and you're not planning to preserve it. That's, that's all I need. That's fine. As far as the, you know, the, the, the STEM program and the scholarship, gosh, I got to tell you, we welcome that money no matter what. We would welcome that no matter what. Feel free. Feel free, because as you said, you guys live here and you care about Loudon so much, so you guys should feel free to, to give that, to do that scholarship. We would definitely accept it. Okay, um, no, there's no clapping. <laughs> Not even for her. <laughs> so we have a lot of speakers on this item. As I said, if you feel like somebody else has said what you want, wanted to say, you, you can, don't need to, but if you want to, you can feel free to speak. Um, Mr. Higgins, didn't you speak on the, did you ask staff questions already on this? Yeah, Mr. Higgins, just turn your light off. Just turn your light off, okay. talk at some point. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, I know, we're gonna call, uh, uh, you, you cannot. We're gonna call in this order, um, here we go, Natalie Pien, Brian Sells, and Dennis Cruz. Hello, my name is Natalie Pian, and I live in the Catoctin District. Thank you for the opportunity to address you this evening. I am here to oppose the rezoning for the True North Data Center. This application is not good for the environment. First, the current 70% 70 open space requirement is not even met, even though previous applications for this site conformed. 
The proposed 58% open space is not contiguous and thereby not as valuable from an ecosystem point of view. Large wooded areas, not landscaped green space, provide habitat for wildlife and can function as an ecosystem. Lack of ecosystem consideration is also apparent by two additional features of this application. First, preservation of existing significant tree canopy cover is not maximized. Instead of building, instead, buildings and infrastructure are, so, are shown to displace the trees. Second, this project will sacrifice a globally rare natural community called the Northern Piedmont Mafic Barren. The Planning Commission decided that this natural community was not important enough to preserve. Experts, on the other hand, at the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation identified this natural community as a globally rare and described it as a heritage resource. That should be justification enough to preserve it. Furthermore, the county's own green infrastructure policies also dictate preservation. What was the Planning Commission's rationale for deeming this community not important enough to preserve and the rationale for the applicant? Ecosystems provide services for free that benefit human populations. For example, ecosystems provide clean air and clean water. How expensive will it be if we have to engineer cleaning our air and cleaning water once it becomes polluted? Ecosystems also provide cultural services, such as aesthetic, inspiration, identity, sense of home, spiritual experience related to the natural environment. This site borders Virginia's scenic river, the Goose Creek, that provides cultural services recognized by the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, Commonwealth of Virginia. The True North Data Center threatens the Goose Creek's cultural heritage, herit cultural resources as well. This past spring, you adopted a science resolution pledging to make decisions based on sound science. To protect and preserve Loudoun's natural environment and ecosystems, I urge you to deny this application. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Brian Sales, followed by Dennis Cruz. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, good afternoon, good evening. I'm a resident of the TPA, and today I'm speaking to protest the rezoning of True North to the property uh, at the intersection of Sinclair Road and the Goose Creek. Uh, for the following reasons, number one, stick with the plan. Uh, Loudoun County has a great comprehensive plan. Specifically, the TPA should be kept as the zone TR10 instead of changing it to the Plan Development Office Park. The comprehensive plan supports the reduction of, of congestion and maintains the buffer zone between the rural west and the suburban east. Keep with the plan. I purchased in good faith that Loudoun would follow the plan. Uh, number two, envision Loudoun public, public comments. Approving the zone change does not follow the Envision Loudoun uh, comments. This comments supports agricultural environmental preservation. Why would the board not support a county-funded public comment program? Is this a community feel-good program but without substance? Uh, number three, this is a dangerous precedence for the rest of the area. Another farm property on the top of Sicklin Road, 173 acres across the street from the True North uh, proposal recently was considered for development. What is your plan? Will you honor the TPA? and the TR-10 zone, or will you industrialize that property as well? Already the Sicklin goose Creek area has seen the heavy industrialization with the Panda Project, and just this evening, the applicant uh, just advocated for the complete connection of the industrial zone all the way to the city of Leesburg. Uh, number four, diversify our economy. I think the county puts us at unnecessary risk by investing too heavily into one large land-consuming business sector, data centers. With the rapid advance of technology and the miniaturization of infrastructure, all one has to do is look at the Apple Watch on the wrist to know that the information stored in 10 data centers will be consolidated to one data center in perhaps as little as 10 years. What happens when data centers are obsolete? Will these centers 
appear to these centers appear to be very industry specific that makes repurposing them to another industry unfeasible will Loudoun County be a boneyard of data centers where farming once stood and never has an industrial area been returned to a farming area the agricultural west has significant economic contribution to the county while reducing con congestion reinforce that success diversify our portfolio and finally defense wins championships Loudoun should defend against the gridlock overdevelopment and land speculation do we want an industrial zone how do we position the county for its continued to success keep our roads open and preserve the agriculture thank balance thank I you think sir keeping the tpa you. green your, your time's up thank you so much thank you, uh dennis cruz followed by jerome shalloper Madam Chair and Honorable Supervisors, I'm uh, Dennis Cruz and a conservative citizen of Loudoun County. First, let me just say how much I appreciate all of you and your work and your dedication to this county. I know all of you spend incredible amounts of time, many late nights and a, and a lot of work, and, um, and I know that you take your jobs here very seriously and ensure that the due diligence needed on many of these complex issues is performed, and I sincerely thank you for all that. But I have some questions for you this evening regarding your decision on the application for the True North Data Center along Goose Creek. One, do you really want to be remembered as the Board of Supervisors that violated county policy by allowing a data center in the transition area, which your own county staff does not support? Two, do you want to take this decision prior to the rewrite of the county comprehensive plan and therefore set a precedent for the new comprehensive plan, bypassing the Envision Loudon process you set up and showing you don't trust the process? Do you believe that there's not enough land under the noisy runways of the airport and surrounding the airport, which has already been set aside as data alley for additional data centers, that we must now encroach on the transition area before the new comprehensive plan is complete? Question four, do you want to have a data center directly across from the new Loudoun County Academies and with no access for students there to visit or monitor Groose Creek or to access that small park that has been offered? So number five, do you think that only a 100-foot strip of land next to Goose Creek is sufficient as a park to protect the natural corridor and maintain wildlife there? Number six, do you want to approve a plan that has nine buildings spread across the 105 acres that require significant amounts of impervious services to be built, such as driveways, parking lots, and loading docks for each of the nine buildings? Seven, do you want to approve a plan that requires the construction of seven stormwater drainage sites or vaults on that acreage to deal with all those impervious services? And do you want to approve all that runoff water from these impervious services just a few hundred yards upstream from the Loudoun drinking water intake? And number nine, do you think people getting married at the event site across the river from this data center want to say, I do, in front of steam clouds produced by the data center's air conditioning systems into the noise of diesel generators starting up? And finally, number 10, will you make the right decision? Thank you for listening. Thank you, sir. Jerome Shalifer, followed by Jim Bingle. Mr. Jerome Shalifer, I think it's S-C-H-L-A-F-E-R. Going once, going twice, okay. Jim Bingle, followed by Tony Norpel. Good evening, Chair Randall, members of the board. I'm Jem Bingle, and I speak for the Piedmont Environmental Council. I want to address the question of the comprehensive plan and setting a precedent. I think this is really important 
because I was around when the county considered putting Panda, or not Panda at the time, the data, the power plant across the road and then the Stonewall Secure Business Park. The county went through a CPAM process first and replanned the area. They considered, should we go on the other side of the Greenway or not, and chose not to. One of the things about the, the current Panda site is that it um, runs off to Sicklin downstream of the, green, of the drinking water supply. So while it's not ideal there, at least it's not impacting where the water is drawn from the creek. So um, this area was very deliberately zoned TR10 and planned TR10 because of the difference in, in impervious cover. I appreciate that they're talking about doing perviousness, but it, it's not the same as a forested site. Um, natural systems clean our water for free. We will have to clean up the water that goes here from this site. And it's not just about this site. So when you approve um, PDOP here without a CPAM, you are setting a precedent. You are saying, Yes, this is okay here, and so we'll see more of it. Will they all be as environmentally conscious as this applicant, which I feel like isn't adequate, but certainly they're trying. That's a good thing. The impervious cover from residential zoning at one unit per 10 acres is under 4%. That's um, based on analysis from the Center for Watershed Protection back in 2003 when they did the Goose Creek vulnerability analysis. The impervious cover calculation for most PDOP is 72% imperviousness. So although this is less, I kind of wonder if it's really the 18% that they're talking about. I think it's closer to 40. But... Uh, Ms. Bingo, you're up. up. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Very thanks. Much. Uh, Tony Norpel, followed by Don Goff. Yes. Thank you, Board. Um, Tony Norpel, Katakin District. So you know what I'm going to talk about. So 2014 was the warmest year on record, and 2015 was warmer than that, and 2016 was warmer still. A year which saw the death of 67% uh, of the uh, Great Barrier Reef, uh, by the way, and. Um, Yet coverage of global warming in the United States in the mainstream media deteriorated. And not one of the moderators of the presidential debates even mentioned climate change. So that was, and that wasn't even surprising to anybody. So 2017 will be the warmest non-El Nino year ever. And it will be warmer than 1998, uh, um, the, the year global warming stopped. In 2000, well, Syria joined the 2015 Paris Agreement last week, so that leaves, we're the only country that, in the world that still denies human-caused climate change. In 2009, closer to home, Northern Virginia Regional Commission presented a county energy strategy uh, to the Board of Supervisors acknowledging human-caused climate change and detailing a plan to reduce the county's carbon footprint. In 2012, the Sustainable Energy Advisory Task Force did the same thing. Uh, Envision Loudon takes a step backward from those two reports. So uh, what to do about item 13, True North Data? 
I would like to suggest uh, that we ask staff to evaluate the uh, project's carbon footprint and its impact on human-caused climate change as part of their reports, and that should be done for all projects like this in the future. I heard there's not, no mention about power consumption, but we heard this, this evening 60 megawatts, and I'm thinking that's how many, 30,000 homes? It's, quite, it's a lot, anyway. So um, uh, th there's another idea I had. I mean, so I'm looking at the plan. These buildings have this large flat roofs, perfect for solar panels. I mean, how much of the power could that offset if, they if that was mandated? I don't know. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you Mr. Norpel. Donald Goff, followed by Eugene Shield. Good evening. My name is Donald Goff, and I live in Aldi in the Blue Ridge District. I'm the co-founder of the Transition Area Alliance. I support the Board of Supervisors in disapproving the application of the True North Data Center. In October 2016, at the kickoff of the Envision Loudon process, we were told input from the public uh, from pu public meetings would be used to form the foundation that would envision Loudoun. So also, we were told envision Loudoun would be open, inclusive process that connects and engages people to influence the future of our county. Instead of that, what I perceive that we've uh, been given is a take it or leave it attitude, and with four things that I that I've come up with so far that I've not been involved in. One. We, the at the first meeting, we saw maps that totally eliminated the, the transition policy area, and, and no mention of transition policy area. That was all erased from the, from, uh, the first meeting. Second meeting, we had maps uh, that said available for development in any open space and any uh, undeveloped area and added 18,000 new homes. I, I didn't suggest that. I don't know anyone who did. Uh, third, there was an uproar. It's been an uproar recently about uh, affordable dwelling units and workforce housing in order to help developers pack in more houses per acre. And now we have the attempted ramming of this seven, uh, 750,000 square foot data center in the TPA against strong objections of your staff. I don't know one citizen who provided these ideas to the Envision Loudoun process or who thinks any of these ideas are what Loudoun County needs going forward for the next 10 to 20 years. At the public sessions, we were asked to comment on these new concepts that did not emanate from our residents. As representative of the Transition uh, Area Alliance, we encourage you not, we encourage you not to stay in your lane, but to watch this process ever so carefully. I once read a book by Dr. David Campbell that said, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up somewhere else. So I, I think that's kind of what I see with this, with the process. I encourage you uh, not to make a decision that would preempt uh, the Envision Loudon process. Uh, I encourage you to strongly vote no on the application. However, if, if we're going to approve this data center and more data centers, I'd recommend taking some of these buses that you're retiring from Loudoun County, maybe repainting them, and then start uh, making tours of our data centers in Loudoun County as a, as a way to raise some, some revenue. Vote no on this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Goff. Eugene Shield, and then we're going to go back because Jerome um, Shalifer was out of the room when I called his name, so we're going to go to Mr. Shield, and then we'll go back to Jerome Shalifer. Good evening. Uh, Eugene Shield from Catoctin District. I am not speaking as a member of the uh, planning 
commission. I came here initially to uh, distribute uh, documentation from the State Department of Conservation and Recreation that indeed the Mafic Barrens was one of 10 geological sites in the world. And I was recently told that I could not uh, distribute them, but you should get that information tomorrow. The primary issue, however, is that this application should be following the Envision plan and it should not be preceding the Envision plan. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Jerome Shalifer and then uh, Will Turner. Thank you for accommodating my uh, late arrival. Uh, my name is Jerome Schlafer. I live in the Algonquian District. Uh, I've lived in Loudoun County since September 2006. I've seen the growth of the county over the past 11 years congest our roads, strip the land for development, cause accidents resulting in serious injury and even death, and snarl our daily life. I've seen the concrete monuments to data since the first Goliath was built off Shellhorn at Dulles Greenway. The eyesore buildings along Waxpool and Smith's Smith switch with the HVAC and generators facing the street and the black fencing. All of this just really just taken away from the beauty of our area and of our county. Um, through stripping wildlife all the way down to the dirt at Prentice Hall and Broderick across from the uh, post office. And then blinding that with chain link and with blue barriers. So I've been in the construction industry for 30 some odd years. Um, and so I've kind of been a part of it. I used to work for Pulte Homes many years ago. Um, but I think the things like mass grading, ripping things down, taking away wildlife, those types of things are not within the best interest of the county or in the best interest of us and you being stewards of our county and of our land. Um, I started a change.org petition a couple of weeks ago. I got 306 signatures so far is the time I walked in here. I have comments from people in the county, from Hamilton, Percival, around the area that I'll provide to you. Um, um, and I think now with the stripping of more land, with the metro area, with the data centers, um, it's, just, it's just not right. I mean, we gotta start to be stewards of our, of our nature. We need to be stewards of our land. And we look to you all to be those stewards with us. Um, a couple of things came up in emails that I sent this week, uh, but at the end of the day, I really don't see H&H &H Capital I don't see Cooley as being in, having any skin in the game. They're from out of our area. And what about the workforce, the people that are building these buildings, the people that are constructing the precast panels? Where's the labor coming from? Where's the work coming from? And what do we start to do to bring jobs into the area? If we're gonna build these things, let's build them with people in the area, let's build them with contractors in the area, uh, and let's build manufacturing to build these panels and do these things in the area. So I know my time is up, but thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Will Turner, followed by Bill Roman. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, thank you. Uh, my name is Will Turner, and uh, as you know, I serve as the real estate representative on the Loudoun Economic Development Advisory Commission, but I'm here tonight uh, just to express my personal views on the larger implications of our conversation. Uh, as we work to diversify Loudoun's economy, uh, it's no secret that data centers have by far the most positive impact on Loudoun's budget. Uh, the industry uses about a dollar for every nine dollars that it generates. 
Uh, this is a key industry for Loudoun, uh, but the county is now facing a critical shortage of land options for data centers. I watched, I, I cover the land market very closely, and every viable remaining site is important. The Wildwood parcel is a great site with a major regional 500 kV uh, PGM power line running along next to it to supply the power, and as um, they said, they don't even need a substation. If Loudoun does not take advantage of its remaining options, I fear this great source of revenue will soon hit a wall. A larger concern is what signal it might send to the data center industry if the community starts to reject development of its viable sites. Uh, Loudoun is the world leader in this industry, but it's not the only market. Amazon started ramping up in Prince William County in 2013, and their growth there has been very strong. The company was big enough to bring in its own infrastructure, and that opened the door for others. Iron Mountain just opened in Manassas, and they cited the infrastructure Amazon brought as a key reason for picking that market. We're all aware that Facebook just decided to build a data center campus outside Richmond in Henrico County. The economic development officials there are confident their investment will pay off with Facebook bringing in the infrastructure that will serve as a catalyst to grow their own data center cluster right there in White Oak Technology Park. Virginia Beach is also going after the data center industry with infrastructure and tax incentives. Microsoft and Facebook both just helped them to become the third major subsea cable landing station on the East Coast. And the European investor is uh, committing up to $2 billion to build a massive data center campus along Corporate Landing Parkway. Data centers love Virginia because we've got low energy costs and state tax incentives. And Loudoun County got an early lead because others did build its infrastructure. But the landscape just got a lot more competitive this year. And I'd urge you to consider the importance of what signals might send now that they have other options because Loudoun's future success is not guaranteed. And for this reason, I'm in favor of the rezoning. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Bill Roman, followed by Alan Tucker. Good evening. Good evening, Supervisors. My name is Bill Roman. I live in the Algonquin District, and we've been hearing a lot about how data centers were, are desperately needed. But I tell you, if it's a race, if we're a race with other counties to pave our counties over with data centers, I think that's a race we want to lose, not a race we want to win. I think ignoring the wishes of the citizens of this county through our comprehensive land use plan by making zoning exemptions for data centers is putting the desires and needs of industry, out-of-state industry, Compass Data Centers is based in Dallas, Texas. They build data centers all over the world. Why do they have to build one in this particular spot? You can build a data center anywhere, as we just heard. I don't think we want to be an entire county of data centers. Data centers in the eastern part of the county where it's already industrialized, there's plenty of them going up. We have no shortage of data centers. We'll all be able to watch Netflix as much as we want. We do not need this particular data center. Why would you decide to sacrifice an ecologically sensitive zone of which there are only 10 in the world, something that can never come back? And what we have heard from the applicant is that they literally want to pave paradise and put up a data center, as the song says. I don't think that's a good trade-off for the citizens of Loudoun County. We have heard a lot of hard selling tonight, uh, one of which, uh, they use the argument of money. Money always appeals. $22 million sounds like a lot of money. But I just Googled the, the county budget. It's $2.5 billion. $22 million is 0.08% of the county budget. I'm sure the supervisors are clever enough to find 0.8% of budget that they can rein in or waste that they can eliminate so that the $22 million income stream uh, would not be missed. Also, applicant mentioned that that would be the equivalent of a 0.03% tax increase 
Well, for my house at least, that is less than $200 a year if you want to raise taxes three cents. I'm okay with that versus paving over rare ecological communities and ignoring the wishes of our citizens and making a precedent-setting exception to industrialize the transition policy area south of the Greenway. As Jim mentioned earlier, the Comprehensive Plan Amendment before is limited to north of the Greenway. This is the camel's nose under the tent south of the Greenway. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Alan Tucker, followed by Chris Tandy. Good evening. Good evening, Ma Madam Chairman and Board of Supervisors and residents of Loudoun County. My name is Alan Tucker. I'm a resident of Loudoun County for over 25 years. Loudoun does not realize how fortunate it is to have experienced this growth in the technology sector. All over the country, communities are falling over themselves to try to gain data centers. Every citizen in Loudoun enjoys excellent quality of life without burden of higher taxes. Today, a new high school costs over $100 million. The Dulles South uh, Rec Center costs over $30 million. These are fine examples of benefits that everyone in Loudoun County enjoys. Let's look at the characteristics of the neighbor, neighboring property surrounding True North. The property is not located in a rural area, in which a rural area is already protected. North, is, north of the uh, True North, it's adjacent to an industrial, excuse me, an interstate quality highway, six lanes of traffic, continuous every day. Imagine the noise and the sound speed that you hear from cars traveling along that roadway. Also, the new tra uh, trap water uh, treatment facility, very similar industrial use. One-third of a mile land slated for future industrial property. Two-thirds of a mile away, Panda Industrial Project. 1.5 miles away, Leesburg in, uh, Executive Airport. Two miles away from major shopping at Villages of Loudoun. Immediate to the west of the property is adjacent a 500 kV industrial power line that serves the East Coast Corridor, plus the transcontinental... Sir, I need you to address the board. Oh, sorry. South immediate adjacent to Loudoun is the Academy of Science um, High Tech High School. Given these above factors, the true north data is the highest and best use of the property. Here are some of the economic factors to understand. Loudoun is expected to receive $180 million in tax revenues from data centers this year alone. If not for that $180 million, the tax rate would increase to $1.37 uh, per hundred dollars. That's a 25% increase. Then in, it's today over burden. Next year, the projected uh, revenue stream would increase to over $200 million for data centers. True North Data Center projected alone would bring in another $20 million. Imagine that. $20 million. You know how many homes that is every year, folks? 3,000 new homes for the next 10 years. Where do you get that land? Imagine the impact of that. It's a low impact. The only way to close the gap is supporting the data center industry. Why? Because these are... Sir, I'm going to stop you because your time's up. All right, thank you. Thank I'm you, sir. I'm the applicant. Thank you. Um, Chris Tandy, followed by Dennis Gross. Uh, good evening, Chair Ramble and Supervisors. I'm Chris. My opinions are my own and not representative of any group that I'm a member of. Uh, I don't think you should approve the zoning change for the True North Data Center. The transition area is too close to Goose Creek, and the concerns regarding runoff and erosion are too significant. It's just the wrong place to put a data center, and the timing in relation to Envision Loudon seems problematic as well. This seemed like a bad idea to me even before finding out how rare the Mafic Baron is. Um, a lot of folks in Loudon are sick of data centers, and I'm certainly one of them. Um, and if we need more tax revenue, 
I'd suggest taxing polystyrene in single-use plastic bags as means to address that budget shortfall, at least in the short term. Uh, please vote no, and thank you for your time. Thank you. Dennis Gross, followed by Mike Wilkins. Mike Wilkins? Hello, sir. Hello. I'm sorry, I thought someone was in front of me. That's okay. <laughs> uh, good evening. Uh, dear supervisors, this letter is to show support for the data center proposed by True North and presented to the board. It is my opinion and belief that the benefits of this center far outweigh any negatives that might be presented by other parties. My reasons for support are as follows. You've heard a lot of them already. The county needs increased tax revenue. As we know, data centers provide an ongoing stream of revenue for many years. Traffic impact of these centers is low. Even the planners are not recommending substantial changes to the roadway other than what was offered by the proposer. By placing the center at the proposed location, dark fiber will be extended along the Greenway corridor, potentially allowing data center locations to be identified. This prevents overcrowding of centers in one central area, that being the Ashburn area. And as you know, County Parks and Recreation has a goal of 0.65 miles per linear, of linear parks per 1,000 residents in the county. Currently, there are just over 70 miles of linear parks, even though our population has significantly grown. Uh, we are therefore about 150 miles short of the required park mileage. Since True North is willing to provide a corridor along Goose Creek uh, for a linear park, this can be viewed as another section toward that ultimate goal. Bike and hiking trails are known requests that stand out from the Envision Loudon workshops. The transition policy area should not be viewed as a static no man's land. It should be viewed instead as a true buffer that can absorb changes with thought and consideration. The TPA is not a great wall that separates east from west. We are one county. This data center will be little noticed in the TPA or elsewhere once it's in operation and generating revenue for county coffers. Thank you for allowing us to speak. Thank you. I'm sorry, sir. Are you Dennis Gross or Mike Wilkins? Mike Wilkins. You, that's why I Okay, Mike that. Wilkins. Yes. Okay, thank you. Thank you, else. sir. Yes, Is Mr. Gross here? Okay. Very good. Thank you. Will Stewart, followed by Jeff Caden. Good evening. Good evening, Chairman Randall, members of the board. This application is clearly in violation of the spirit and the letter of the current comprehensive plan and zoning ordinance. The application appears to ignore citizen input to envision Loudon process and assumes a fix is in for a predetermined outcome in those findings. Hence, this application is not only inappropriate, it appears willfully flawed. Such a violation of the comprehensive plan, if allowed to pass, invites further violations that would open the door to a flood of applications further obliterating the transition policy area. Loudoun residents have repeatedly confirmed their goal to maintain the transition policy area as is, to protect upstream drinking water intake, delicate natural resources, and the quality of life they provide. There is space in the data center alley with adequate redundant power feeds and high-speed data. So such a use in transition zone is really not the best use of this land. Therefore, I ask you to reject this application in the whole. And as always, thank you for your service to our community. Thank you, sir. Jeff Caden, followed by Ted Lewis. 
Good evening, my name is Jeff Caden. I'm a resident of Lovettsville, and I'm here to talk about supporting the True North application. I'll make three quick points. First, about revenue. The county is struggling with a $95 million shortfall as it is. This project will produce $22 million plus a year. My suggestion would be that any board member who would vote against this project, at the same time they vote against it, tell us where you're going to replace that $22 million. Dollars are fungible. Are you going to increase our taxes by $22 million? Are you going to reduce the education budget by $22 million? Where exactly are you going to find that $22 million that you're refusing to accept if you deny this project? The second point is about aesthetics. Several people here have complained about the aesthetics of the project. Uh, personally, I find uh, data centers to be innocuous buildings, but if someone is looking at this uh, True North project and it offends them aesthetically, I would suggest they just look across the way on the other side of the Greenway and look at that concrete monstrosity that has just been built right on the other side of the Greenway. Or they can look eastward and look at the Great Wall of Ashburn where you see hundreds of townhouses lined up from one horizon to the other. So I would say that denying this or, or, or using this as an excuse to, to not pass this project would be an uh, arbitrary and subjective opinion. <laughs> Finally, the, uh, the uh, True North has uh, been uh, working with the Economic Development Agency for several years on this project. What would it say to any company that is contemplating putting a large capital investment into Loudoun County after all this time and effort by True North is declared null and void? It would make uh, the Economic Development Agency's job much more difficult going forward. Thank you for your attention. Thank you, sir. Ted Lewis, followed by <coughs> Bonnie Mattenley. My name's Ted Lewis. I live at 20964 Turner Farm Lane, Leesburg, Virginia. Um, I have some written comments that I've already submitted, so I'm just going to use my time to make some comments. Um, I live in a small community directly across the street from Seneca uh, Road from the uh, development, proposed development, which the applicant or the staff seem to realize there's seven houses there that are built in the transition zone. Um, and I like data centers. I like them for all the reasons that everybody's stated. I think they're great for Loudoun County. But if you listen to the applicant's presentation, I think it was trying to say that this undeveloped 105-acre site is going to be better off with 750,000 square foot of data center, and better off environmentally, which is just ridiculous. Um, I think, you know, when the case comes to the uh, above-ground storage tanks, uh, those tanks are going to be located on a site that goes directly down to Goose Creek. I was involved in the remediation of the mobile case in Fairfax where an entire community was uh, damaged and, and closed because above-ground storage tanks leaked that had all the bells and whistles. And in this case, it's not going to damage houses. It's going to damage our water supply. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, noise. The noise that they talk about for data centers is in the suburban area. This is the transition zone. This is not appropriate noise levels for the transition zone. And I don't think we're really talking about the construction. If they're going to be in business by summer of 2018, the next nine months is going to be 24-7 construction 
trucks going up and down Sicklin Road, which really can't take that type of traffic. I don't think that's considered when they do the traffic counts. It can be very damaging long term. Um, and the Mafic Barren Natural Community. I'm a geotechnical engineer. I don't even know what it is. But if, if there's 10 of them in the world, I just can't imagine that we're going to destroy it. I mean, come on. It would be embarrassing to be in the county and let this happen. And I think the applicant's just relying on the greed of the, of the community for the money. You know, the board that approved the Silver Line will go down in history. I, I hope that this board doesn't want to go down in history as the board that removed something that there's only 10 of in the world. Thank you. Thank you. Bonnie Maddenly, followed by Gladys Lewis. Good, Good evening. evening, ladies and gentlemen of the board. I'm Bonnie Mattingly. I'm the Loudoun Chair of the Goose Creek Association. Um, the Goose Creek Association strongly urges you to deny this application for the following reasons. The proposed new use is not in conformance with and is a fundamental direction change from the existing comprehensive plan. Additionally, given that the county has entered into a public process in Vision Loudoun, to review and update its current plan, the decision to approve the proposed rezoning would be premature and would be taken without proper consideration due to such a significant change. Number two, questions still remain regarding the protection of Goose Creek, a state scenic river, an important source of clean drinking water for thousands of users in the Goose Creek and Potomac River watershed. While we appreciate low-impact development practices have been proffered, there is no way to ensure that they will result an adequate and effective stormwater management in an area immediately adjacent to a significant expanse of Goose Creek. This project may impact the integrity of Goose Creek and the acceptability of its waters as a public resource for consumption and recreation. Um, we're also concerned about the Moffick uh, Barren Rock community. I'm not going to go into details of the whole of my comments. Um, we understand that there is a potential for economic economic benefit for this project to the county. Um, I'm assuming that there will be other data centers built in Loudoun County and perhaps even True North, even though they say they wouldn't build elsewhere. And I'm sure that we would be able to recover some of that economic benefit from them or others. Um, surely given the wealth of space available and already zoned today to accommodate the growth of data centers in Loudoun, it's unnecessary to invade areas planned for less intensive use and scale within other policy areas, including the transition policy area. Um, further, I think that it sends the wrong message to other employers who are concerned about locating their businesses in places that seek to maintain open space and a beautiful environment for their future employees. Uh, thank you for your attention, and I request that you deny this. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Gladys Lewis, followed by Martha Polkey. <coughs> Madam Chairman and Supervisor Higgins and the other board members, I'm Gladys Lewis. I live in the Catoctin District. Um, I have been on the Planning Commission during the revision of a plan, so I can truly appreciate the time you all are putting in, and I thank you for that. I think uh, this is just one application that presents a real slippery slope for the county when they are in terms of development. And I wonder if there is something that we do in this county that invites these applications where people can buy residential land instead of land appropriate for the development 
and get it rezoned so that they can build on it. And I would invite you to think about the landowners who live nearby. Um, Supervisor Higgins know that I feel sometimes feel like Job with some of the things my neighbors are doing. And who would like to buy on the property next to that a 10 acres on an expensive house? I just don't think it's appropriate. Here we have the greenway separating whatever's previously been done. If we start now to let this development come in here, what's going to happen on the neighboring property and its neighboring property and the property across the street? There will be no end, and we will invite more and more applications, spending not just the applicant's time, but huge amounts of planning staff and your time and planning commission time to answer their needs and develop all of the staff reports that they have to do. This has got to be a huge cost associated with that. So I would invite you to carefully consider this and deny it and deny any future applications. I would like to add from some of the other people talked about taxes. We moved out here 40 years ago from Montgomery County. And my current taxes, don't please don't look at my tax record, are only a little bit more than they were in 1976 in Montgomery County. So if you need to raise taxes, I'm happy to pay them. Thank you. <laughs> um, oops. <laughs> Good evening, Supervisors, Chair Randall, and staff. Good morning. Good the evening. decision before you is to, to approve or deny the True North proposal is not a vote to approve or deny another data center. It is a vote either to override the comprehensive plan update process to set an irreversible precedent for allowing development in any and all portions of the transition area, regardless of their importance to natural resources, environmental sensitivity, or scenic values, or to reaffirm to citizens that the Board of Supervisors does intend to ensure that Loudoun's future is driven by an overarching vision to protect what is precious and unique and fiscally sustainable in Loudoun for future generations of citizens. I do not see that vision coming from your planning department. You supervisors are caught in a vice you have inherited from past boards, which have voted for more and more housing development, packing houses in with always lagging infrastructure and with a huge burden of debt and cost to come due later. That is why the lure of easy revenue from this commercial use is so appealing. You are not alone. The build first, pay later pattern across the nation is quite accurately described as the growth Ponzi scheme. Faced with the huge needs for tax revenue to pay for maintenance of the schools, roads, and services from past explosive development, localities across the country are desperate to find easy money to maintain financial viability while servicing ever-expanding debt. But this is a cycle you will exacerbate exacerbate by continuing to approve more and more exceptions to the shreds that are left of the current comprehensive plan. A vote in favor of a data center along Goose Creek at a site that would be perfect for a park that all Loudoun residents could benefit from will end any prospect of preventing a build-out of Loudoun's buffer between east and west and will guarantee that subsequent spiraling of land values will make purchase of parkland prohibitive. Please, please carefully consider the profound importance of this one decision to the future of Loudoun County. Thank you. Thank you. Judith Lovegrove, followed by um, Jerry Gerdrick. Good evening. 
Uh, my name is Judith Lovegrove, and I wanted to speak to oppose the approval of the True North application. Um, <clears throat> I've already submitted my <clears throat> comments in an email, but I just wanted to point out that um, you, as the government representatives, have a sacred public trust to protect. You have to protect our resources, our environment, for the use and the benefit of the citizens and your electorate. Um, you have to manage these resources to the benefit of the public. And you're in a position to manage them and sustain the natural balance. To approve something like this in an area that has already been clearly defined as a transition policy area that should not be developed is in direct contravention of that obligation that you have. Um, I think that you need to take this decision very carefully to, to heart. Although the transition policy area has been violated in the past with approvals by boards for development that doesn't belong there, Two wrongs don't make a right. This is when it should stop. And I think the requirement, the need, the financial fiscal need for income that for the, for the county that you cite to, um, I think you need to look at in, to other ways to meet that need. And one of them that is obvious to me is to stop the growth, to end it, to end the irresponsibility of the past that is ruining the county, and particularly the western part of the county, the encroachment across the transition policy area. So I would encourage you to preserve the transition policy area as has, made the, 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 as has been made very clear is the desire of your constituents and disapprove this application for True North Data Center. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, ma'am. Jerry Gurdjick? Gurdjick? followed by um, Brian Baston. Good evening, board, and thank you. I'm Jerry Gergic. I'm in the Broad Run District. Um, the applicant for this data center in question is Compass. The CEO of Compass is Chris Crosby. Mr. Crosby is featured in a 25-minute YouTube video discussing data centers, their sustainable design and management. Compass takes a comprehensive approach to the development and management of data centers that is exemplary. Their restrained use of water and exceptional PUE of 1.2 is outstanding. The PUE means 83% of the power is used by the computing equipment. But can we do better? Over the past two months, I've been in discussions with others, and we're working on a way to find somehow a way to do more with data centers and their waste heat and reduce their water consumption. We need help from a forward-thinking data center operator to advance using waste heat productively and perhaps turn it into an income stream for better located data centers. We use one gigawatt of electricity, and I always feel like Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future when I say gigawatt, and I'm looking for a flux capacitor. So. Um, at any rate, uh, we use about a gigawatt. That means we could heat two million apartments. That's more than are in the greater region. We are throwing away a lot of waste heat. As I study the issue, 
one article claimed that waste heat can be created for less than one penny a kilowatt hour. Think, think of what that might mean for heating the house of a poor person struggling to pay their utility bill. Another approach from Microsoft, and it's consistent with Mr. Crosby's video's claims, suggests that interconnecting data centers could be dispersed in individual homes and the waste heat put to immediate use for hot water and heating in that home. All of the town of Leesburg could be a data center interconnected. We wouldn't use any acreage anywhere else. So we are suggesting that if this application is approved, Compass should commit to working with us to explore the possibilities more accurately. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Gerdrick. Brian Baston, followed by um, Sherry Conker. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm well. Brian Baston. Uh, I actually live on that map. Um, I live under the sea on the Cisco Lane there, right across from the, the property. And uh, so I, I uh, you know, have a significant investment in this area. Um, this area is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. You cannot see it from looking at this map. Uh, the topology goes up and down 200, 300 feet. There's amazing rock cliffs. There's amazing wildlife there. Um, you know, we have the one rare species, one rare habitat. But there's also bald eagles, believe it or not. There's bald eagles that live on that creek. There's all kinds of deer, all kinds of amazing animals there. And with this type of development, that's going to change. Uh, you know, I moved my family there. Many's, and many people that are on that map moved their families there. You know, we did our thing. We paid our money. And now to change the zoning to industrial, I, I just think that's really tough to, to, you know, come to us and say, hey, uh, you now get to live in an industrial area. I think that's bad. I also think the impact of traffic is, is underestimated grossly, especially during the construction phase. Um, just two weeks ago, there was a five-car pileup right at the end of Sicklin, or right at the end of Cisco Lane, where Turner Lane meets Sicklin Road, right on that map. Five-car pileup. Uh, you know, my car I drove here tonight is beat up, where I got hit. My wife got hit pulling into our driveway. I think those issues, I think, are really not considered by this. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I'm against this. I think the project is fantastic. I'm an engineer. I do computers. I do data centers all the time. I love data centers. They're great for this county. It's just the wrong spot. That's all. It's, it's, I think someone said it earlier. It's the wrong location. It's a great plan. There's many areas, not two or three miles away, that you can put this data center. You might have to pay a little bit more money to run a, an electric power line over there but it would make a perfect thing for the county and satisfy your customers. This area is gorgeous, beautiful. Please protect it. It's a gem. If you want to come out sometime, we'll show you around. Uh, you know, we have boats go up and down Goose Creek a little bit and, you know, give you a tour of it. <laughs> and it's something spectacular. Thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. Sherry Conker followed by... Hmm, Julie... It's either Bolt House or Dolt House. I can't tell with the handwriting. Hi, I'm Sherry Conga with Loudoun Wildlife Conservancy, and thanks for listening to why we oppose the data center location. The decisions you all face have to be difficult given our fast growth. 
Fiscally, there's no doubt we need the data centers, but we need to locate these facilities strategically. Besides not being zoned for a data center, the parcel is located on Goose Creek, which provides a significant amount of our drinking water. If it's rezoned, other businesses will follow. If you look at datacenterhawk.com and you see that other sites are already zoned and for sale in this watershed, there's 60 acres on Cochrane Mill Road, 90-acre site on Sickland Creek, which flows into the Goose downstream of this proposed site. The cumulative impact of acres and acres of impervious surface replacing our watershed forests cannot be emphasized strongly enough. Negative environmental impacts begin at 10% imperviousness or lower. Increased stormwater runoff from these surfaces leads to increased building and maintenance costs for stormwater management systems, increased drinking water treatment costs, erosion of stream banks, and higher stream temperatures, which affects aquatic wildlife. If you look at the aerial view of the property, it's tempting to visualize placing a data center close to other industrial properties. But look again with a comprehensive eye. The forested lands along our streams are the lungs and kidneys of Loudoun. They function like giant sponges, soaking up and filtering stormwater before it hits the creek and sucking up tons of air pollutants at no cost to us. The rooftops alone of this data center will potentially cover 17 acres. Uh, I did use two different calculators, 17 acres, and nearly 17% of the land. That means 477,000 gallons of water will roll off those roofs for every one inch of rain they receive. The proposed, that's before the proposed roadways and parking lots are factored in. Economically, these natural assets give us decreased cooling costs, increased property values and tourism, resiliency during droughts and floods, improved human health, buffers for wind and noise, and increased recreational opportunities. We need to do cost-benefit analysis, not just economically, but the economics of our environmental things. Let's take a watershed-based approach to our land use. $14,000 an acre, this site's a steal. We can't afford to lose our natural assets. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Julie, I, again, I think it's boat, it's, boat, it's a boathouse. Sorry about my handwriting. That's okay, followed by Denise Goff. I'm Julie Boldhouse. I'm a Leesburg resident, 410 Madison Court, Leesburg, Virginia. Um, and I submitted comments and writing, and I felt I had to speak tonight because I responded after reading the thoughtful comments that um, Supervisor Umstead responded to me with. Um, I was convinced, and I, I felt, yes, yeah, data centers, this is, this is profit for our county. But after reading the staff report in detail, I actually went through and I looked at the images. I realized it wasn't 17%. It was actually 0.17 FAR, which is very different lot coverage of the site. And I realized that um, when I drove through this area, I realized how much of a visual impact that was going to have on us. And I'm, I'm still a strong supporter. I voted for Ms. Umstead in every election, and I continue to do so. But I, and I trust her, her decision on this. But I, I want to say that I live in Leesburg. I grew up in Loudoun County. I've lived in Loudoun County and Fairfax County my entire life. And I can tell you Ashburn did not exist when I was a kid. Leesburg which was a much smaller place. I lived in a small little apartment growing up there. It was a very different place back then, very quiet community, very rural. And every application matters. Every cut, every piece of hay on the, on the straw, on the camel's back, matters. So your decision tonight does matter. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Denise Goff, followed by um, what I have as our last speaker, and that's uh, Jack, I think that's McNamee. Good evening. Good evening. I'm Denise Goff, and I live in Aldi. I ask that you oppose the application to rezone land in the transition area that is now zoned for one residential unit per 10 acres to become an office park, housing a large data center, and it's supporting electrical substation in the north end of the transition area. Last year, just about this time, it was the Kirkpatrick West retail request for a larger footprint in the south end of the transition area. The reason to approve it then was, and I'm basically paraphrasing, but it was better to pass it now as it's a better application while still in the transition policy area because soon it will be suburban policy area. This application is now in the north end. It is seven times larger, and sadly, I have little hope that it will be denied either. My feeling is the fate of the transition area has already been predetermined, despite the Envision Loudon process. I say this because while we are over halfway through the Envision Loudon process, and regardless of the stated goals of transparency and citizen input, the output feels more like a taxpayer-funded marketing campaign to sell development interests than a true reflection of what I have heard during the input sessions. I do not oppose development. I really respect the argument that I would not live here unless a developer created that opportunity. I want that same opportunity for many other people in the area as well. What I do oppose is that development such as this application represents is so contrary to all the citizen input I have heard in the Envision Loudon outreach sessions and here tonight, to be frank, particularly that regarding the transition area. Citizens are asking you not to allow the destruction of what is valued in Loudoun. And it just might be that what is valued is not another data center at a potential $22 million worth of revenue, and I think we've heard that many times, at an unknown cost to what really is providing value to Loudoun. We may be at that tipping point, and I would hate to see us go over it. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. And our last speaker um, on this item is Jack McNamee, I believe your name is, Jack, sir. Thank you. Good evening. No problem. Uh, first of all, I didn't ever plan to speak, but as I listened to all the conversation, I was in the Navy 25 years. I worked on construction and process. And the one thing you have right here is you have a process for your land management. Please stick to it. That's what I say in this whole process. You have a process. Stick to it. I live in River Creek. We live at the mouth of Goose Creek. We watch the water go up and down, and they come back and tell us, hey, the water's going up more this year. Well, it's because they're building more out west or something else. Along the way, so we care about it. I, I'm on the Confluence Park Committee taking care of that park. We have a tree that's between 250 and 300 years old, and we have erosion on the shoreline of about five feet every 20 years measured by the county. So we really care about what's being developed and we understand that you have a planning process. And if you change the process, that's okay with me. But let's just stick to the process as we go through here. There are a lot of really good points economically for this project, and I'm for data centers. Just I don't believe it's proper to be at this location along Goose Creek where I know that there's basically a lot of other attributes to it in terms of per impervious surface that the water's gonna run down there and the water's gonna go up and you'll have the 30-inch tree going down Goose Creek by, by, our, by our park. Uh, thanks, have a good evening. Thank you, sir. And we have a last, last speaker, um, Sarah Richardson. 
Good evening, members of the board, and I won't take up your time except to second many of the eloquent arguments I've heard today opposing this project. I would also like to add that I, we were collecting signatures of, of those in opposition to this project, and we have 36 here, and I would, but we may not have gotten everyone, so I would like to ask those in the audience who are opposing this project to please stand. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, that is all of our speakers on this item. This item is in the, although it touches more than one district, it's actually in the Catoctin District. So I'm going to go to Mr. Higgins. Mr. Higgins, would you like to make a motion? Uh, I would like to make a motion, Madam Chair, but I would like to have that map that was up there brought up as well, the staff, so they could do that for me. Which map? This, um, right there. That's the map? Okay. Have it. Move it, move it down some like you had it. There you go. Is that good? It, well, okay. can I call it before the motion or I have to make the motion? You have to make the motion. All right. I'm going to make a motion, and it's important to note that this is not a decision to support or deny this application tonight. This is going to move it to the next meeting where it will be voted on. It's not going to be a motion to uh, approve this tonight. And the motion is I move the Board of Supervisors forward ZMAP 2017 003, ZMOD 2017 0011, SPMI 2017 0020, True North Data Center to the December 5, 2017 <coughs> Board of Supervisors business meeting for further discussion. Motion's been made and seconded by Mr. Buckington. So um, discussion on the motion, Mr. Higgins. Can you put that back to three minutes? Yes. What I want the people to recognize on this map, okay, here is, oh, you want, oh, yeah. yeah here's the development right here, okay? Not by the point. Here's the development right here, okay? This is the uh, Loudon Water, and I think this is the Panda Power area. Everything around here, all the way to Leesburg, and everything around here is all green grass. Now, I did not realize when I was talking about Leesburg that it does jut down right here, the airport comes down, and that's a 5,500-foot runway right there with additional land on both ends of it. So if you take that, that's a mile. That's a mile long. If you take that, the town of Leesburg boundary is really, it's off the map. It's up here. And so the distance from there to there, if that's a, if that's a mile, it's got to be at least three miles from not the airport, but from the other town boundary. And this is what I'm concerned about. All this area in here, what happens when we put a data center on there? Why don't you have one here and here and here and here and here and here? You don't have a reason not to. We have zoning. I'm not against data centers. I'm very thankful for the data center in industry and their interest in Loudoun County. And they are good partners with Loudoun County. And I think we have been good partners with them. My problem is, and somebody else said it earlier this evening, that this is a good project and it's in the wrong place. And if we could find the right place for it, I would be supportive of it. But I will not be supporting it um, in this location for those reasons. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thank you, sir. Um, Mr. Letourneau. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, 
I uh, appreciate the public input we've had so far in this project, as well as the involvement of a lot of these folks in the Envision Loudon process. And I think um, there are concerns about the way that process has gone so far. Hopefully, we can get it back on track. But um, <clears throat> as part of the Envision Loudon process, there was a recommendation from the Stakeholders Committee, which didn't get as much attention or as much controversy or as much division um, to look at this area that this project is in and change it from transition area to an area that would be more open to this type of development. Now, whether the board approves that or not, I don't know, but this actually did bubble up in the Envision Loudon process, um, and I think it is worth noting that. Um, there's also some things that bubbled up that I think are off track. Um, quite frankly, the distinguishing characteristic of this project for me is the Greenway. Um, the difference between all those other parcels that Mr. Higgins just pointed out and this one is the Dulles Greenway. There's a six-lane major highway that goes along this, and if you go way back to the history of when the Greenway was built, when the right-of-way was dedicated by those landowners, it was with the assumption that there would be development along the Greenway because when you have major highways, you have development alongside them. And when you look at the type of development, you typically see freight distribution and large industrial facilities and warehouses and all those sorts of things, just like you see on 81. Um, we haven't had that in Loudoun County, and I'm sure part of the reason is because we have a private owner of the Greenway that charges highway robbery. But the reality is, as we continue to grow, we're going to see that sort of pressure. So the question is going to be what goes alongside the Greenway. And what goes alongside the rest of the Greenway has been residential development. And that's the same thing is true when we talk about where data centers should be. When I hear people say this isn't the right location, they belong somewhere else, what they mean is closer to densely populated areas in the county because that's where they are now. So when I look at this location, I see a narrow band along the Greenway that I think is appropriate for this type of development at the very, very northern tip of the transition area. If you look at where the transition area goes, it starts here and then it goes south. To me, the transition area is supposed to be a transition between rural and suburban type of development or suburban to the east something in the middle, and this to the west. But really what's happened here is the west is to the west. It's south of the Greenway. We're following this up north, so we have suburban policy all the way up through Goose Creek, and then we have a little band of transition with industrial directly across the Greenway, and then we have suburban again when we hit Leesburg, and actually even beyond suburban once you get into the core of Leesburg. That's not going from east to west. That's going from suburban to suburban. So that is a very different situation for me. So when I look at this application, I'll be looking at that characteristic and the way that the Greenway changes it. Thank you, sir. Mr. Buffington? Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I support our data centers. I really do, and I appreciate you, sir. You seem like an honorable, respectable man. I, I appreciate that. Um, but I'm adamantly opposed to this application because of the location. It's simply in the wrong location for me. Under some of the justifications that uh, we've heard for why we should approve this, where would we stop approving this? Why don't we just build them all the way to Clark County, all the way to Charlestown, West Virginia? I mean, we could use that, all these same arguments to just keep on going. So where does it stop? I say it stops at the Dulles Greenway, where it's already stopped. The bottom line, though, is that this is against our comprehensive plan, and even our own staff is telling us it's against our comprehensive plan and that we should not approve it. 
This would be precedent setting as there currently are no allowable, planned, or approved data centers south of the Greenway. I'd like to keep it that way. And we're currently in the middle of the Envision Loudoun process. And what we've heard from folks, especially after the stakeholders update to us a few weeks back, is that they don't trust the process anymore because they've all said, we don't want big changes in the TPA and we're not really, no one's really looking at the rural policy area to, to make major changes, but the stakeholders group, uh, even after holding all of those public input sessions, uh, hearing from thousands of our residents, they came forward and said, we need 18,000 more houses in this little portion of the TPA. And uh, I, I hope most of you know that the board, uh, even some members that are speaking in favor of this here tonight, uh, challenged that and we're trying to correct that ship and get them going in the right direction. So now I think would be the absolute worst time for us to approve something like this. Um, so to my colleagues, whether you support this application or not, and I don't, uh, most of the people here tonight don't, several of my colleagues don't, I think that before the Envision Loudon process ends is the wrong time to do that. We should let the Envision Loudon process end before we consider something like this. Let's listen to the people. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Umstead. <clears throat> thank you, Madam Chair. I want to thank everybody who came out tonight and to the many people who have uh, responded to the email I've sent uh, to many folks who've, who've expressed their concerns. Um, as you know, um, if you received my email, I am very concerned about the projected $107 million shortfall in the upcoming um, fiscal year. And I'm not concerned about it because it's money. I'm concerned about it because it's educational opportunity for uh, children in our schools. It's our ability to put in road improvements when we uh, need them to benefit communities that very much want it. I would like, if um, the applicant is willing, to continue talking to me, to continue working with the applicant to see if we can further alleviate a number of the environmental concerns. Um, but I, I do believe that this applicant is doing um, everything possible to reduce any negative impact on Goose Creek. And I think their, their willingness to um, dedicate um, a strip of land of water frontage along, along their property for public use, passive public use, is something we don't now have and would benefit those who would like to access Goose Creek um, through the adjacent parkland the county controls. Um, but I, I do listen very seriously to all of you uh, who have been so thoughtful tonight as you have been in your emails. Um, and I just uh, want to tell you that I am hoping this will be the best possible application. Um, 
but I am always very mindful, and I made a campaign promise to do everything I could to fully fund the public schools. And it is very difficult for me to say no to what I think is probably the best application from the best builder of data centers that we will ever get in this county. Um, I would like to quote uh, one mom uh, who contacted me today, and she is with you in, in the public who spoke uh, in heart, but her child needs special help in school and is in a classroom that is dreadfully overcrowded, twice its capacity, and her child is not flourishing, and we need to do something to help people like that. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Umstead. Uh, Ms. Volpe? Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, first question, and it may even uh, go to the county attorney if planning staff can't answer it, because I, I, I want to make sure uh, that the folks who, God bless you all, came out here on a, a cold November evening to be with us. Um, you know, the question of the Envision Loudon process. Is there anything in state law that would enable us as a county to say, I'm sorry, we're updating our comprehensive plan. Uh, you know, like we're not, you can't submit applications. Because I asked that question because technically when our agenda was put out this evening, it's in multiple districts, you know, Ashburn, Sterling, Broad Run, Blue Ridge, there's stuff everywhere. You know, is there any way for the county to literally tell applicants you can't submit a land use application? Um, I'll, I'll answer it, and Leo can add to that. Um, uh, yeah, there's nothing that would stop an applicant from submitting applications, uh, even even if we're in our process to update our plan. Okay. So, uh, not only can I confirm that, I would say that any moratorium that the county had uh, could not be done based on the update of a comp plan. Um, moratoriums are of a limited basis, and they have to have some degree of public health, safety, welfare at stake. Okay, thank you. Um, my other uh, question, and I don't know if it's for uh, staff or, uh, you know, the county attorney's office as well, because um, we've been through multiple updates, you know, even portions of our comprehensive plan. Like, for example, we did the Route 28, uh, you know, CPAM. You know, we've done multiple CPAMs, including the area where the Stonewall Business Park is. Um, you know, it, it was always explained to me that your comprehensive plan is your vision. It's not the law. It's, you know, what is in your uh, zoning ordinance. You know, does our zoning ordinance disallow this type of development? The, the zoning or, ordinance... Um provides an opportunity for people to submit an application to rezone to a district that would allow this. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Saints. Thank you, Madam Chair. Just wanted to quickly say thank you to the residents that came out and spoke today and to the residents that emailed us as well throughout the week. I'm pretty sure we'll probably still get some more emails um, as we forward this on to the next uh, business meeting in December. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you again, and hopefully the applicant will listen to some of the suggestions and concerns that some of the residents have uh, brought up and uh, listen to those and, and take a look at and see what you can uh, see what you can do um, so thank you anyway for coming out
we held public hearings for Envision Loudoun, and I thought the number one thing would be something about traffic and homes, and it wasn't. The number one thing that people said in public hearings is we want more green space, pedestrian trails, and bicycle trails. That was the number one thing. And yes, we can do this for Envision Loudoun, but there's something called the letter of the law, and there's something called the spirit of the law. We haven't updated our comprehensive plan in 16 years. When we wrote the comprehensive plan, the word data center is not even in it. They, we didn't even have it in it. That's how far out from, from the comprehensive plan we, we are. So for us to do this right now within months of actually completing the Envision Loudon process, yes, the law allows it, but the spirit of the law is it, it, we shouldn't do this right now. We shouldn't do this right now. We should listen to all the people that came out and spoke. We had 234 emails opposing this, 234 emails. With all respect to, <laughs> with all respect to Ms. Umstead, who was my dear, dear friend, the idea that this is going to be a straight line to funding public schools is not rational. If that was the case, we'd have public schools funded right now because we have a lot of data centers in the county and we still have budget shortfalls. The budget changes year to year to year depending on a lot of different op uh, things and there's just no straight line for public schools. I wish there were. I wish there were, but there, that's, that's not, I, I respect you so much, but that thought is just not a rational thought. Um, you know, we, we're talking about you giving us a, pa a strip for passive pu public use. We got a lot of land already for passive public use, right? That, that's what that is, passive public use. You don't got to build a data center and then give us the land for public, passive public use. All the land right now can be for passive public use, to be quite honest. So you're not giving us anything that we don't already have. So th that's, that's illogical. Um, I want to push back a little bit against Mr. Buffington and say that the comprehensive plan stakeholders group came to us and they said they, what they were saying with the Envision Loudon process is warehouses could go, not warehouses should go. They came back to us and they corrected that statement and I think the comprehensive plan stakeholders group is getting unfairly beat up. I've said that before and I want to say that again right here because that's, that wasn't what that intention was of that um, argument, that, of that day rather. Um, so I wanted just to defend them. I also, I also want to say one, one last thing. Sir, it sounds like you are the industry leader in how to build data centers. It sounds like you care about the environment. It sounds like you're doing things smart. It sounds like that you, I mean, you are, you are right on the cutting edge. And, and I admire that, and, and I think that's great. And, and I believe, you know, the data center market has been great for, for our county. Um, I believe it's in the wrong location. It, it's just that simple. This has nothing to do with you and your integrity and your fantastic, all the things you're doing. Um, we, we, I, I can say that you're doing good stuff, but it just happens to me to be the wrong location. Mr. Higgins, I'm going to give it back to you for a closing. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, first, I do want to thank everybody for coming out tonight. I appreciate your taking the time to speak to this. Your voice is important, and I think it's important for everyone up here to hear it. Um, I want to make one thing clear, though. This project is in one district. It's in the Catoctin District. It's in an area that abuts with the Ashburn and the Blue Ridge District, but it is in one district, uh, Catoctin District. And as uh, Chair Randall said, I've heard some interesting justifications for it. The best one is the tax revenue. I don't know that we're going to save the schools. Um, and when you talk about justifying it because of suburban to suburban in Leesburg, I mean, are you kidding me? So we're going to go suburban to suburban to Hamilton, to Round Hill, to um, Percival, to Lovettsville, to Middleburg. It's only three miles from 
um, from Hamilton to Percival, and another three miles to Round Hill, and it's six miles the other way back to Leesburg. So there's justification for, if that's our justification, uh, for data centers from here to uh, the West Virginia line. And I think that's a pretty poor justification as well. You know, we, the prior board turned down, I believe, I know it was at least two or three projects, housing projects in this area that were brought to us. And there was two or three more behind those that uh, went away. And, um, you know, if I had it to do over again and it was either or, I'd have much rather had the lower impact um, project for senior citizens in there that we talked about that actually Mr. Caden, who's here tonight, was part of than this. This is a very intense use in an area that's very rural. And that's the problem. I mean, I like the data center. I think you have a great data center. You have a great product. But this is just the wrong. It's not about data centers. It's not about you. It's about the wrong place. And so that's my problem with supporting it. And I hope that's, that's clear. Um, in the end, uh, we do a lot of talking up here sometimes about respecting the desires of the supervisor whose district is involved. And I would certainly hope that uh, I will get some consideration from some of my colleagues on that as I try to respect them in their districts and their desires. They're elected to represent the people in those districts. Uh, so again, uh, we'll be dealing with this in December. And uh, I appreciate everyone that came out. It's important. I hate to do this to you, but you might have to come out again and, uh, in December, and we will see what happens. But uh, thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Higgins. Okay. It's a motion on the table to send this to the December 5th meeting. Motion has been made by Mr. Higgins, seconded by Ms. Mr. Um, um, him? Him. Mr. Buffington. <laughs> it's already early. All right, all in favor of the motion, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? That motion would pass 7-0-2. Thank you. Uh, supervisors, I know you want to break. We have a long agenda. You want to try to get through a couple more hours before we take a break? Because I do. Pardon me? Thank you, Madam Chair and Supervisors, very much for your time and attention. Thank you, sir. You know what? Yeah, we must well take a break today. <laughs> we must well take a break right now anyway. Yeah, take a, let's, take, let's take 15 minutes and go eat.
Good evening. We're back. And um, I'm going to try to uh, clear the room out. And so I'm going to try to call. Uh, some, we may be a little out of order because I'm, try, I'm trying to call things as I see people in the room who want to speak. So we're going to go, we're going to skip item one and go to item two. So if staff would come to the table, that'd be great. Thank you. We've got a lot of chairs up here tonight. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Thank you. Good evening, Thank Madam you. Chair, board members. Um, this is an item that's being brought forward um, and, uh, for nonprofit organizations' request for property tax exemption. Um, the board, at its meeting on uh, October 9th, I'm sorry, 3rd, um, moved two organizations forward for uh, consideration of exemption from property taxes. They were Hero Homes, Inc. and uh, Makersmiths, Incorporated. The net physical impact of an exemption for these organizations is approximately $5,600. And um, the board can forward this item to a, a future business meeting or suspend the rules and grant an exemption this evening. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Uh, Supervisors, do we have any questions? Seeing none, we have three speakers on this item. Um, I'm sorry, we have four speakers on this item. The first two speakers are Pat Scannell, followed by Krista Stern. Good evening. Good evening, Madam Chair, Supervisors, and staff. My name is Pat Scannell. I'm with Maker Smiths, a nonprofit here in the county. We provide a uh, physical space, a lot like a high school shop, that allows people to make things uh, wood shop, metal shop, electronics, 3D printing, CNC. Listening to the data center conversations before and talking about the diversification of our economy, I remember a time when America made things. You know, and our grandfather used to know how to make things, grandmother used to know how to make things. Now we go to the store or the malls, which are great, and we buy them. But when we talk about diversifying the economy, we need a place for people to make things, whether they're entrepreneurs, and I think you'll hear from one today, who have an idea of the next great thing. Where do you go and prototype that without spending tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars? If you're a student and you want to do hands-on learning outside of the classroom, outside of the carefully controlled STEM curriculum, uh, the high school shops are not allowed to be used in a lot of the formats to make robots and things that you would think that they'd be able to use. So kids who want to be creative and come in and make things can do that in our space. The other day I had a retired gentleman who lived in the community who came in. He needed to cut some things for an arbor he was making for his wife, and he didn't have those woodworking tools. Came in and used the space. Oftentimes the space is free of charge to the community. We host hundreds of events. Uh, even this week we have maybe 10 or 15 classes going on from how to do um, soldering to laser cutting, laser etching your pumpkin pie. All these, most of these events are free or at a very low charge to the community. So we hope you'll grant our uh, uh, request for tax exemption. Uh, it's a material factor for us because we get equipment donated to us. We're a nonprofit, all volunteer. When equipment gets donated to us and we can allow 
other community resources like Heroes for Homes and others to use it. But if the equipment is worth tens of thousands of dollars, it becomes kind of a white elephant because we need to kind of get rid of it. Otherwise, it costs us money if it's not being used. With this tax exemption, it'll be a critical factor in allowing us to receive more equipment and make it available to other members of the community. And again, I think the people that would benefit, we draw from Frederick down to Middleburg, out to Winchester, and even to Arlington, people who come into the county. We have a location in Leesburg and a location in Percival to take these classes and use these resources and, and do these activities. Um, I believe that you'll see that the benefits accrue to students, uh, hobbyists, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, artisans. I think it's, it really draws the fabric of the community together when people do these things together. And I, I do believe it does help diversify the economy, which seemed to be an item earlier. That's Thank you, time. sir. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Krista Stern, followed by Zachary Thompson. Good evening. Good evening. My name is Krista Stern, and I'm a Leesburg resident. I'm here to tell you a little bit about Makersmith's Loudoun County's own profit or own nonprofit makerspace. My family became involved in Makersmith's right before they opened their first space here in Leesburg a few years ago. I'm a mom to three young boys, now 10, 12, and 14. They've been very fortunate to have been involved in the opening and growing of the space. My boys have had opportunities and access to technologies that very few kids their age have, even in school, and gained mentors in their areas of interest. My oldest spends every chance he gets programming video games, 3D printing, and using the laser cutter. He's currently designing a class to teach others how to make one-of-a-kind laser-cut and etched clocks. My younger two are often found 3D printing, soldering, building, and fixing electronics, and more recently, taking apart engines and motors to see how they work. We are a very active scouting family and are proud to say Makersmith has been a valuable resource for the local scouting community. Both Girl Scouts and Cub Scouts have attended build nights at the space using our tools under the supervision of our volunteers to build Pinewood Derby cars for their annual races. A Girl Scout troop contacted Makersmiths earlier this year for help building garden boxes for a local retirement home. With our members' help, each girl created and laser etched their design and were taught how to safely use our tools to construct the boxes. My husband is working on creating a merit badge counseling program that trains volunteers at the space to help local Boy Scouts complete their requirements and further explore their areas of interest. In my spare time, I'm <laughs> an artist that loves to explore new techniques and to teach others. I've used the space for woodworking, painting, sewing, paper making, <coughs> silk dyeing, paper marbling, and numerous other projects. I am proud that we have created a welcoming space that encourages creativity, exploration, education, and community service. I encourage you to come by for a visit and to become a part of our maker community. Thank you for your time. Thank you, ma'am. Zachary Thompson, followed by Sam Newberger. Good, Good evening. Um, my name is Zachary Thompson, and I'm here representing Makersmiths. Um, what makes my views different from uh, many other members of Makersmiths is I'm actually relatively new to the Loudoun area, only moving down at the beginning of this year from Pennsylvania. Uh, because of that, I just graduated uh, from college last December, and 
I only have like around 500 square foot apartment, so being able to have access to all this equipment and expertise to be able to work on different projects and just be able to do something outside of work is a wonderful resource. Uh, I, I originally joined just because they had like uh, 3D printers and laser, and laser cutters, which would definitely not fit in my apartment safely or price ranged. Uh, as an organization, Makersmiths uh, provides uh, very useful services to people like me just starting out in life and looking to do whatever they want. From learning new skills, to meeting other makers, to uh, getting involved in the community. Um, to this point, this tax exemption would, for Makersmiths would be able to, we would reinvest into getting new equipment, uh, renovating, well, continuing renovations are our new location on Royal Street and uh, our newer location in Percyville, and also funding uh, and, and offering new services to all of Allen County. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Zachary. I, I was sure you were still in high school. <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and the last speaker is Sam Newberger. Good evening. My name is Sam Newberger. I'm, uh, um, I live in Leesburg. I'm a service-disabled veteran. Uh, I'm here to speak tonight because uh, Makersmiths allowed me to start my own small business. I joined about two years ago, and in that time, I was able to stand up an engineering design and manufacturing company. Uh, we now have three employees and are moving into a, um, our own space in uh, December. Without Makersmiths, that would not be possible. Uh, there are literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment that we have access to at that location. Um, I know it's not just myself, but there are other people who use that to either start their own small business like I have or supplement their income. I think by allowing us to have a, um, uh, the tax exemption, you'll allow us to, base, to remain financially viable uh, as we get more and more equipment in. And um, I think that'll allow more small business businesses like my own to, uh, to grow and, um, and uh, stand up in Lowen County. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, I am, that's the last of our speakers, and so I'm going to make a motion to suspend the rules. Second. Motion's been made to suspend the rules, second by Supervisor Umstead. Discussion on that motion. That motion, um, all in favor? <coughs> Any opposed? That motion, motion will pass, 702. I'm gonna make a motion. I move the Board of Supervisors to adopt an ordinance exempting from real and our personal property taxations to organizations that submit the applications for exemption detail in attachment two of the November 15, 2015 public hearing staff report. Second. Excuse me, um, that motion has been uh, uh, seconded by Supervisor Volpe. Discussion on that motion. Mr. Uh, Letourneau. Uh, Madam Chair, as per my practice on these items, I'm going to be abstaining uh, because I don't agree with lifting the moratorium on uh, nonprofits uh, tax exemptions. However, these are um, clearly outstanding organizations, and my abstention is not a reflection of my uh, thoughts towards them. Okay. Mr. Ruffy. Madam Chair, I move to divide the motion if that includes all three of the applicants. Actually, it's just two. It's only two? Mm -hmm. Hero Homes and Makersmith? Mm -hmm. Disregard. Mm -hmm. yep. <clears throat> uh, Ms. Umstead. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. I'll be very happy to support this motion. Both are very fine organizations and I think do a, do a lot of good. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, I'm going to support this. I actually uh, initially only supported these two, but after reading the, about the other one, I wish we had it included that one too, but I'm going to support this motion. So all in favor, please say aye. 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 Oppose and abstain. So we, that motion passes 612 with Mr. Letourneau abstaining and Mr. Myers and Mr. Bona not being with us this evening. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, that's right. 612. I was right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but thank you. All right, we're going to go to us. Uh, is there anybody else in the, I, I have nobody else in the audience of citizens waiting to speak on an item, right? And I have nobody who has to drive back to Richmond tonight either, right? Okay, very good. We're going to go on. Um, we'll, go, we'll, we'll start up at the top, and we'll go with item number one, um, uh, uh, which is amendments to, to the two and to and the reenactment of the ordinance creating the Metro Rail Service Districts. Will staff please come to the table? Good evening. Ready whenever you are. Okay. Good evening, Madam Chair, members of the board. My name is Jason Hobby, and I'm a, I am an assistant county attorney. Um, I'm here in regard to item number one, and w there are no updates to the staff report before you. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Um, Jason, can you just give me one second, please? Ms. Volpe. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, the question has come up that there might be uh, other property owners that might want to join uh, the, one of the tax districts. Um, you know, I want to know, should we go forward with this this evening? Or, you know, uh, you know I don't know if there's, a, you know, how difficult this is. I don't know if I'm look, kind of looking at the county attorney. I'm looking at staff. I don't know who can answer that. Um, I can take an... Um, provide an initial answer our recommendation is to move forward with this at this evening to add additional parcels at this point well additional parcels can certainly add our recommendation is for those to um, those additions to occur as part of a separate item in the future the main consideration I would say would be that uh, such parcels would not have been advertised for the public hearing it would probably require additional advertisement and I know that the Commissioner of Revenue was interested in getting the amendments adopted prior to January 1st for the new tax year, and I'm not sure that um, we could have another public, well, it's probably too late to have another public hearing, and we might even run, run out of business meetings before that date. Um, thank you, Ms. Fopey. Mr. Buckington? Thank you, Madam Chair. Do any of the uh, proposed expansions expand the tax district into the Blue Ridge District? I don't believe they do. I just want to confirm. I do not know the answer to that question. I don't believe they do. However, I am not certain of the answer. I can provide you with an answer. In the it's okay because I think we will have voted on it before then. Thanks. If I could address that, the, the, the expansions are to parcels that are partially in or partially out. So for the most part, it's really not an expansion of the district itself. It's just showing where the maps are. The one exception to that is the land for Old Ryan Road, that there will be a new parcel created, and that's not in the Blue Ridge, Dis Blue Ridge District. Thank you. Anybody else? 
and that we have no um, speakers on this item, correct? All right. Anyone like to make a motion? I would. Mr. Uh, Paterno? I move the board to suspend the rules. Second. Motion made for suspension of the rules, seconded by Mr. Buckington. Discussion on that motion? All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass uh, 702. Mr. I'm sorry, my head is killing me. I'm going to finish okay. this and then I'm going to I'm going to leave after okay. this. Okay. Okay. I got it from here. <laughs> okay, thank you. I move the Board of Supervisors adopt the amendments to and reenactment of the ordinances creating the Metro Rail Service District, Route 606 Airport Station Service District to be renamed as Loudon Gateway Airport Station Service District and Route 772 Station Service District to be renamed as Ashburn Station Service District provided as attachment 1 to the November 15, 2017. Board of Supervisors, public hearing staff report. Second. That motion was seconded by Ms. Volpe. Discussion on that motion. I'll just simply say this has been a while coming. Thank you to the county attorney. Thank you to some of our uh, members of the development community who have been waiting a while for this particular item uh, simply because um, it had the fact that some of these parcels were in and some of them were out were actually causing problems with getting things done and getting easements and all the sorts of things that we needed to do. So I'm pleased to see this item move forward tonight. Thank you, Mr. Letourneau. Um Anybody else? Ms. Umstead. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'd just like to note uh, for the record that I believe Supervisor Meyer had asked that this be forwarded to another business meeting, but I believe the position of staff is that it it would be preferable to vote tonight. Yes, that's correct. We'd have to advertise this anyway, should there be any new applicants. So this would take care of the problem that uh, Supervisor Letourneau was just speaking about. Wonderful. I'm, I'm happy to support it. Thank you. All in favor, please say aye. Aye. Any opposed? That motion will pass 701. Aye. Mr. Letourneau. Bear with us for one second. All right, let's move on to item three, which is proposed granting a fiber easement, Shellhorn Road and Loudoun County Parkway, Lamb Bay, is that zero or O? Waver Lot, Loudoun Parkway Center. Good evening, board members. This item is for proposed grant of fiber easement on county-owned property, referred to as Land Bay O at the intersection of Shellhorn Road and Loudoun County Parkway, for the Board of Supervisors to consider granting a fiber easement across this county-owned land to the Zayo Group on behalf of Digital Realty Trust for its existing and new data centers in the vicinity. 
Um, in the item, you will see that there were two issues outstanding at the time that this was submitted to you. I'm here to report that this afternoon, these two items, one being confirmation from Summit IG, an existing carrier with an easement on the property, has reviewed um, the request from Zao and has confirmed that they do not have a conflict. And then the second item related to, as you will recall, a request from Digital Realty for uh, an easement related to the Metro Bridge 772 connector for uh, the Silver Line project. And that item has been um, verified and has been completed as well. So there are no outstanding issues at this time. Um, we would request that you consider uh, suspending the rules and granting the fiber easement uh, to Zao on behalf of Digital Realty and receiving compensation in the amount of $7,500 for that grant of easement. Okay, and you are the only speaker on this. There is no applicant. Is there any member of the public that is here to speak? Any questions for staff? I'm sorry, I should have asked. Supervisor Armstead, do you have a question for staff? <clears throat> no, it, it was just that this is in Supervisor Meyer's district and he has, uh, he does support suspending the rules and passing this tonight. Supervisor Volpe, you have a motion? Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. Second. Motion is made, seconded by Supervisor Buffington. All, any comment on the motion? All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries 603. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve the grant of a fiber utility easement on county owned land designated as PIN number 089-39-7079, located at the intersection of Shellhorn Road and Loudoun County Parkway, as requested by the Zayo Group LLC on behalf of Digital Realty Trust, and the location of such easement being shown on attachment two of the November 15, 2017, Board of Supervisors Public Hearing Staff Report, and accept compensation in the amount of $7,500 for the easement. Motion is made, seconded by Supervisor Buffington. Any opening? Uh, no, sir. Any discussion on the item? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on to item four, 2017 interim additions to the agricultural and forestal districts in the Blue Ridge and Catoctin districts. Good evening, Supervisor Letourneau and Supervisors. Um, staff has no formal presentation and nothing to add beyond what is contained in your staff reports. Staff supports adding the seven parcels to the four agricultural and forestal districts um, located in the Blue Ridge and Catoctin districts. Um, action is required per the Virginia Code by November 27th. Um, in other words, this evening, without any further business meetings. Um, and that's due to um, action taken by the board, and I believe it's 2007, um, to change the application date to June 1st each year. Um, staff would try to change that in the future. Um, That's all I have for you. I'm available for any questions. Any questions uh, for staff from the board? Are there any speakers on this item who would like to make a motion? Mr. Higgins. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I would like to move to suspend the rules. Second. Motion is made, seconded by Supervisor Buffington. Uh, any comment on the motion? No comment. 
All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries 603. Thank, thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move the Board of Supervisors approve the 2017 interim additions to the new Lovettsville, New Catoctin South Beaver Dam Valley, and New Upperville Agricultural and Forestal Districts that are listed as numbers 137 in attachment one of the November 15, 2017 Board of Supervisors staff report and adopt the amendments to the individual ordinances for these agricultural and forestal districts provided in attachment six to said staff report. I further move the board's approval and adoption of the amendments be based on the finding that all parcels recommended for addition to said existing agricultural and forestal districts contain agriculturally and forestally significant land, period. Impressive. Motion seconded by Mr. Buffington. <laughs> Do you have an opening, Mr. Higgins? Well, my, uh, my opening will be brief. It's taken six years, but I'm finally got through it without tripping. <laughs> Impressive indeed. Any further comment from members of the board? Supervisor Volpe. Thank you. Um, Mr. Chairman, I feel it's important also to note that these additions uh, go through the duration of the existing, uh, you know, time frame of the agricultural and forest all districts. And they, I, they had a question about that earlier today. Thank you. Okay. And I take it no closing? All in favor of the motion, say aye. aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Moving right along, request for number five, request for withdrawal of land belonging to Traveler's Rest LLC from the new Mountainville Agricultural Forestal District. And this one is in the Blue Ridge District. Thank you, Supervisor <clears throat> Letourneau. Again, staff has no formal presentation um, and nothing to add beyond what is contained in the staff report. Staff supports approval of the requested withdrawal. Um, the board is free to take action on this application at its pleasure. Um, motion one forwards the application to the December 5th board business meeting. Motions two and three suspend the rules and allow the board to take action this evening. Any questions for staff? Any speakers on this item? Any motions? Mr. Chair, I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. Second. Motion is made, seconded by Supervisor Volpe. Any comment on suspension? All in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Another motion? Mr. Chair, I move the Board of Supervisors approve the request to withdraw the 50-acre parcel, pin 501-19-7155 from the New Mountville Agricultural and Forestal District. I further move that the Board of Supervisors' approval is based on the finding that the request to withdraw said land from the district is for good and reasonable cause because the landowner's stated reason for withdrawal to pursue, to pursue entering said land into conservation easement pursuant to its Chapter 11 bankruptcy reorganization. Second. Motion is made and seconded by Mr. Higgins. Any opening, Mr. Buffington? In the interest of time, no. Any comment from members of the Board? All in favor of the motion, signify by saying aye. aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Item number six, CMA 2017-0004, Chick-fil-A Dulles 28th Center Comprehensive Sign Package from the Broad Run District. Start with staff. There are a lot of chairs, as Mr. Ward said. Um, thank you, supervisors. Um, 
This is a request uh, for a zoning modification to modify sign standards for a Chick-fil-A fast food restaurant. It's allowed under the 1972 zoning ordinance. Um, we have no, no updates to report on the staff report. Um, the applicant has provided the required affidavits and this item is ready for action. We have a presentation prepared for you should you wish to see it. Otherwise, we're happy to answer any questions. Would anybody like the presentation? We'll pass, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Any questions for staff? No questions for staff, though. Correct. All right, let's go over to the applicants. Good evening, welcome. Thank you, Supervisor Lieutenant, members of the board. Uh, in the interest of time, I'll waive my presentation as well. Okay. Any questions for the applicant? No questions for the applicant. Are there any members of the public that are here to speak? There are not. Then I will entertain a motion. Supervisor Volpe. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. Second. Motion is made, seconded by Mr. Buffington. Any discussion on suspension? All in favor of the motion, say aye. 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 Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Have another motion? Yes, sir. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve ZMOD 2017-0004, Chick-fil-A Dulles 28 Center Comprehensive Sign Package, subject to the conditions of approval dated October 12, 2017, and based on the findings for approval as provided in attachments one and two to the November 15, 2017 Board of Supervisors Public Hearing Staff Report. Motions made and seconded by Mr. Buffington. Any opening, Ms. Wolpe? Any discussion from the board? Mr. Buffington. I would just say that the district supervisor, Supervisor Myers, is okay with approving this and suspending the rules and moving forward. Indeed, and we all do love Chick-fil-A. Any <laughs> closing? Okay. Uh, all in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Thank you very much. Item number seven, DCPA 2016-0016 and ZMOD 2016-0021, Woodland Road Industrial Park, Section 1, Lot 8. This is in the Sterling District. <laughs> yes, we're ready for you. Hello, I have no updates to the record other than to say that we do have the required affidavits from the applicant. Staff has no outstanding issues in the act or the item is ready for action. No I do have a brief presentation should the board choose to see it. Mr. Sane seems good. I'm sure the rest of us are as well. Thank you. Any questions? <laughs> any questions for staff? Do you have a question? For no. Staff? Okay. Uh, then I will turn it over to the applicant. Good evening. Good evening. We have no presentation. Thank you. No presentation. Okay, that definitely was not it when we thought <laughs> if there had been a presentation. Uh, any questions for the applicant? No. Okay. Then uh, any members of the public here to speak on item number seven? There are no members of the public. Mr. Sains. Thank you, Chair. I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. Motion is made. I'll give it to Mr. Buffington on the second. Uh, any comment on motion to suspend? Uh, all in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries 603. Another motion for us? I move that the Board of Supervisors approve ZCPA 2016-0016 and ZMOD 2016-0021 Woodland Road Industrial Park 
Section 1, Lot 8, subject to, su subject to the proffer statement dated October 2nd, 2017, and based on the findings for approval as provided in Attachments 1 and 2 to the, the November 15th, 2017 Board of Supervisors Public Hearing Staff Report. Uh, motions made, seconded by Supervisor Volpe. Any opening, Mr. Sains? None. All right, any discussion from any member of the board? Then all in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries 603. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Good night. Okay, item eight has been deferred. So we'll move on to item nine, which is SPMI 2017 0014, one loud and signed plan amendment. <coughs> we'll hear from staff first. <coughs> Uh, I have no further updates on this application. And the applicant has submitted the required affidavits. Staff finds no outstanding issues, and the item is ready for board action. I have a presentation prepared if the board wishes to see it, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Anybody wish to see the presentation? Uh, negative. Thank you. Question. One question, uh, Mr. Chair. There is a question. Supervisor Volpe. Uh, uh, I didn't hear at the beginning. Are the proper affidavits and all of that present? Yes. Thank you. Okay, uh, any other questions for staff? Turn it over to the applicant. Good evening. Good evening, members of the board. Molly Novotny with Cooley, along with Bill May with One Loudon. Um, happy to waive my presentation tonight, unless you have questions. Okay, questions for the applicant? No, no questions. Thanks. Okay. Uh, is there anybody here to speak on item nine? There does not appear to be, so we will entertain a motion. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move that the Board of Supervisors suspend the rules. Motion is made, seconded by Supervisor Buffington. Any discussion on suspension? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 603. Another motion for us. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move that the Board of Supervisors approve minor special exception 2017-0014, one Loudon signed plan amendment based on the conditions of approval dated October 30th, 2017, and the findings for approval as provided in attachments one and two to the November 15th, 2017 Board of Supervisors Public Hearing Staff Report. Motion's made, seconded by Mr. Buffington. Any opening? Uh, the only opening, one of the reasons I'm doing this is we got the email from uh, Supervisor Meyer and I did speak to him today and told him that I would make sure this stuff got done. Thank you. Oh, this is stuff getting done, okay. <laughs> any other comments from members of the board? Any closing? All in favor of the motion, say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion passes, 603. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Uh, item number 10 is deferred. Yep. Moving right along to item number 11, ZMAP 2016-0020 and ZMOD 2016-0018, Evergreen Commerce Center. We will hear from staff first on this one. <coughs> Good evening, Acting Chair Letourneau and uh, Supervisors. I'm Rick Hancock. I have this item. I do have a presentation if you'd like to see it. Uh, Is it brief? I can make it brief. Make it brief, since there is a, a okay. staff recommendation. Yeah, staff does not. Uh, then let's go ahead and have it very quickly. Okay. So this is the site out here. It's uh, at the corner of Evergreen Mills Road, all the way at the end of Evergreen Mills Road where it dumps into Loudoun County Parkway to the west of uh, Dulles International Airport, um, also near the Arcola uh, Village. 
Uh, it is a request to rezone. There's a couple requests here. One is to rezone almost 10 acres from portion that is already planned development, um, commercial center, regional commercial on four plus acres, but also to include another 5.7 acres of planned development, general industry, uh, so that it's all within the PDCCRC zoning designation. Um, and then also uh, various modifications to reduce setbacks and yards as included on this slide here and elsewhere described in the report and also to remove or replace some of the canopy trees within a 100-foot power line easement along Loudoun County Parkway. Uh, the big issue that staff has with this is that the general plan currently calls for that land to be industrial uses. Regional commercial is not industrial. However, it is at a location at the intersection, that major intersection, uh, industrial uses at that site, it's a good question, but we wanted to flag that for your review. Uh, probably the biggest uh, issue that staff has with this is that the plat itself doesn't show locations for buildings or parking. And so I, I can't tell you that, oh, they need to have these modifications or they meet the justification for the modifications because there's nothing there to show. Um, they may be justifiable. I just I can't say that they are. And so with that, uh, I'll show you what the plat is. If you see, there's shows some parking lines, I mean some parcel lines, and shows where uh, uh, Liberty Harvest Court is going to go on through, but that's it. So with that, I'll conclude with the presentation with saying that the Planning Commission did recommend approval, but staff does have some concerns. I'll be happy to answer any questions. Okay, questions for staff. Mr. Buffington. Thank you. Are the uh, setback modifications consistent with other setback modifications uh, north and south of this application? With regards to uh, Evergreen Mills Road, that is correct. So just to the north, there were some modifications that were uh, uh, approved I'm, recently I'm for that. Thank you. Yeah, for the, for the mini storage. Although even then, we knew where the mini storage building was going to go. Thank you. Um, with regard to the, the parking in particular, um, your, your comment is that because they're not showing specific site layout, it's hard to, you can't necessarily justify what they're asking for, but they still will need to meet parking standards for what does go in there. Absolutely, okay. yes. So whatever that use ends up being, they'll have to comply with the county code. Correct. It's just difficult to say, well, they're providing uh, this landscaping over here in lieu of providing the extra wide buffer um, because I don't know. I don't know where the buildings are going to be. I don't know where the parking is going to be. Okay. All right. Any other questions for staff? All right. Uh, applicant's turn. Good evening. You've uh, good got evening. Ten minutes. Thank you. Uh, good evening, uh, uh, Mr. Chair and members of the uh, board. My name is Michael Romey. I'm a land use planner with Walsh Kalucha here in Leesburg. For the record, the affidavit for mailing and posting had been or has been submitted. I was hoping to skip the presentation this evening and keep the street going, but I apologize for that. Uh, given the fact you can that always that, abbreviate though, <laughs> it will be a very brief presentation. Uh, so uh, this is an extension of the Evergreen Commerce Center, which came before this board last year. Uh, essentially, it's a rezoning of the northern portion of this uh, to a PDCCRC district, which is consistent with the existing southern portion. Uh, and as you'll recall, uh, there were the sheets and CubeSmart, which were part of the previous application. Those are still PDGI, but the sheets is, in essence, a, a retail use. And in regard to the plan policy, uh, industrial plan policy does govern this area, but it does allow for retail uses that are supportive of the employment industrial uses that are out there today. So there is a bit of a policy uh, portion that does allow for these uses. 
this is a, 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 a illustrative site plan that was created with staff uh, as part of our review. And one of the things to remember is that Evergreen Mills Road, uh, when it was originally being subdivided and there was a preliminary plat, preliminary plat of subdivision approved for it, uh, it wasn't actually, it wasn't a major collector road. Now it is considered a major collector road after uh, the board changed its decision. So uh, that's one of the reasons that we're requesting a modification along Evergreen Mills Road. Another thing is on the internal uh, site drive of the site, it was just going to be internal to the site. There was going to be no connection to Evergreen Mills Road. There were just going to be curb cuts for the lots that were along Evergreen Mills Road. Uh, so to remedy that, we've created one Liberty Harvest Court, which runs directly through the site and is connected via a turn lane on Evergreen Mills Road. Uh, as a result of this, we have setbacks off of this road that are internal, which are what we're requesting modification of. Uh, the additional setback along Evergreen Mills Road is what I referenced previously, and it does, in fact, match with the CubeSmart um, uh, modification that was approved with that application. Uh, one of the other things that was brought up are the building locations, and we did show the CubeSmart building location on the previous plat, partially because we processed a sign development plan at that same time, and you have to show where the signs are located on that building. So we showed that on that at that time. Uh, the other major issue is we have a major power transmission line, which is now up and is, uh, soon, I'm sure, soon to be operating. So we're requesting not a reduction in any buffer plantings, uh, but simply a changing out of the different type of buffer plantings from canopy, less canopy, to more understory trees. So there is a rational explanation for all these and why we're not showing buildings, and that is essentially why we're doing that. So we did get a, we did receive a unanimous planning commission recommendation of approval. Uh, conforms to and is compatible with the existing and future land use pattern. Transportation improvements uh, are adequately going to mitigate the impacts. Uh, the two signals that were approved as part of the previous applications are actually double proffered in this in case those don't get built for whatever reason, which they will. Uh, and essentially, uh, there are justifications for the modification. So if you have any questions, we'd be happy to answer those at this time. Thank you. Okay, questions for the applicants. Doesn't look like it. Are there any members of the public here to speak on item 11? There are not. Uh, Mr. Buffington, this is in your district. <clears throat> Thank you, Mr. Chair. I move to suspend the rules. Motion's made to suspend, seconded by Supervisor Sains. Any discussion on suspension? If not, all in favor say aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries, 6-0-3. Further motion? Mr. Chair, I move that the Board of Supervisors approve ZMAP 2016-0020 and ZMOD 2016-0018 Evergreen Commerce Center subject to the proper statement dated October 31st, 2017 and the conditions of approval dated September 29th, 2017 and based on the findings for approval as provided in attachments 1, 2, and 3 to the November 15th, 2017 Board of Supervisors Public Hearing Staff Report. Motion is made, seconded by Supervisor Volpe. <clears throat> Opening, Mr. Buffington. Sir, all this item does is upzone 10 acres surrounded by a mini warehouse, a gas station, our COLA center, and the airport from industrial to a commercial use, which will be an improvement to the area. And yes, they are asking for reduce, uh, to reduce some of the setbacks, but those setbacks are consistent with others already approved in the area. Uh, there's been no public comments in opposition. Planning Commission unanimously supports. Staff can't fully support as not consistent with the general plan and due to the lack of the building and parking locations on the CDP. But even staff admits that given the location between Loudoun County Parkway and Evergreen Mills Road and the surrounding uses, that the inconsistency uh, with the plan may be reasonable. That's their words. Uh, so I know that staff comes forward with uh, recommendations sometimes, and there's different levels of um, 
support or opposition. I think uh, staff would probably agree with me that this is one of the lower levels of opposition uh, coming from staff. And you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's not consistent with the plan, and you're telling us that. So thank you for doing your job. Uh, Transportation-wise, they've mitigated their impacts by proffering uh, a couple of different signals, always stop, extension of Liberty Harvest Court to Evergreen Mills Road, and construction of a turn lane from Evergreen Mills Road to Liberty Harvest Lane. Aesthetically, they've agreed uh, to upgrade the look of their buildings with proffers. They're going to require each building to have four-sided architecture, require use of exterior building materials such as brick, concrete, masonry, and there's a whole long list of other um, upgrades that they're using to the exterior of the buildings rather than wood, aluminum, and vinyl siding, which are the things that they've agreed not to use. And fiscally, this will result in a net positive for the county. So overall, I think this is a good application. It will result in a better final project, uh, final um, product than what's currently improved. So we're going from industrial to commercial in this area, and I hope my colleagues will support me. Thank you, Mr. Buffington. Any other comments from board members? Um, I have a couple comments. First of all, you may remember uh, the application last year because Mr. Buffington and I uh, held it up a little bit because we had some concerns about access to six, across 606 into this parcel. Um, and at the time, there was not a, uh, a traffic light that was uh, being proposed. Um, given the intensity of the use coming in now, I'm very pleased uh, that there is going to be a traffic light. Um, I will point out that was one of those uh, situations where I think we both thought that the traffic studies at the time initially did not really adequately address uh, what was needed, but we did get to the bottom of that. Um, another comment I'll make specific to this applicant is that um, they have been very, very cooperative with the county with regard to the power lines. Um, this was a situation where we were trying to divert power lines off of Route 50, and we ended up running them up and around instead, and that included, um, as has been discussed, a piece of that property. And so I do want to recognize that one of the reasons they're requesting some of these setbacks is because they worked with the county on actually locating power lines on their, on their parcel. Um, the final thing I will say, somewhat in jest, and it's more towards the audience, which is not here anymore, is that um, you would think that we never, ever deviate from the general plan and that doing so is not a regular occurrence, but it is, and sometimes we do, and obviously there are times where some of us think it's appropriate and some of us don't, and there's different standards, and as Mr. Buffington said, staff brings different standards, but um, it is important to understand that the, that the general plan is a bit out of date, and there are circumstances on the ground that change, um, and in this particular location in particular, uh, given what's already developed around it, it makes sense to deviate from the plan. So I will also be supporting the application. Any other comments? Mr. Higgins. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I'll support the application, but perhaps not some of your earlier remarks. <laughs> I was mild. Mr. Buffington. I would associate myself with Supervisor Higgins' comments, and I would just say that uh, sometimes there are weak uh, opposition from staff, and sometimes there are very solid and strong opposition from staff. And I think our item, first item this evening was a very solid, strong opposition from staff that I supported. Thank you. I don't know about that. But anyway, all in favor of the motion? Aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries 6-0-3. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. All right. Got to have a little fun. Item 12. CMAP 2016-0017, special exception 2016-0053, special exception 2016-0054, CMOD 2017-0015, Commonwealth Center in the Broad Run District.
Okay, staff. Thank you. I do not have any updates to the report other than to say that staff does have the required affidavits from the applicant. At this time, staff does not support approval of the applications. We still have some outstanding issues with the applications. I would ha I do have a brief presentation if the planning or the board of supervisors would like to see it. Otherwise, I'd be happy to answer any yeah, questions. Yeah, I think we should we should see it. Okay. Commonwealth Center, the 37-acre site is located on the south side of Route 7, north of the Russell Branch Parkway and east of Loudoun County Parkway. The applicant is requesting to rezone approximately 36.66 acres from the PDIP zoning district to the PDCCSC zoning district to allow for the development of up to 295,000 square feet of commercial uses. This development application also proposes two land bays, land bays A and B. In land bay B, the applicant is requesting two special exceptions, one for an automobile service station and one for gas pumps accessory to a convenience food store. The applicant is requesting six zoning modifications in association with this application. For the request to allow access onto Loudoun County Parkway, staff would note that both access requests do not conform to the county transportation policy. However, the northernmost access points would be an interim condition until such time that Thorndike Street would be extended onto the site. Staff does not support the southern access point onto Loudoun County Parkway. Can you give that last one? was really hard to see. What, what are we looking at there? <laughs> Loudoun County Parkway runs to the east of the site. Yeah. The two circles are the proposed access points out of, no, into the sites from Loudoun County Parkway. The green circles. So okay, and so the arrow, Thorndike Street, is the entrance into one Loudoun across the street? Yes, that is proposed for the future. What's proposed for the future? The connection from one Loudon from Thorndike Street from one Loudon into this into the proposed development. Okay, keep going. I'll ask questions later, but I just wanted to clarify what we were looking at because we okay. can't see that too well. Okay. Okay. There is a conditionally approved site plan shown here that proposes an office building with two ball fields and associated infrastructure within Land Bay B, south of Russell Branch Parkway. The ball fields are a permitted use in both the floodplain overlay district and the PDIP zoning district. The office building is also a permitted use based on previous legislative approvals. The site plan proposes to fill and grade a portion of the major floodplain for the installation of these ball fields and playground and a grading permit has been issued. It should be noted that the outdoor recreation uses proposed with the approved site plan are not a permitted use in the PDCCSE zoning district and staff has recommended that the applicant show the ball fields on the concept development plan. Staff has three outstanding issues in relation to this application. The proposed rezoning and special exception requests are not consistent with the intent and recommended land use mix and economic strategy planned for the Route 28 business area as defined in the plan. Staff does not support the zoning modification request to allow access from Loudoun County Parkway and during the proffer review process, staff noted that the applicant was not committing to a point at which the office component would be built. This was a major discussion during the planning commission review and we were looking, from, looking assurances from the applicant that they would provide this office development at a certain time. And staff recommends that the applications be forwarded to a future business meeting or transportation land use committee meeting for further discussion. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay. 
Uh, questions for staff? Uh, well, let's, let's go back to that first kind of confusing graphic there. So is the objection that the, the access points, which are the green circles, are not um, consistent with the throughput across Thorndike Street? The objections are to the countywide transportation policy that prohibits and does not call for access points onto major collector or from major collector streets within the county. So staff is objecting to these additional access points. On from, Loudoun County Parkway. From Loudoun County But there Parkway. are numerous access points onto Loudoun County Parkway, including Thorndike Street, right? From Thorndike Street. To Loudoun County Parkway, isn't it? That's the current entrance into. Well, Correct. So, so the southern point, the northern point, we anticipate a future connection. Yeah. That'll be okay. The southern point and the distance to Russell Branch Parkway based on the CTP policy in this location, the DTCI staff has said this would not meet the policy. Because of the distance. Because of the distance and also the location having a, a right-in or that, that, that direct access off the major collective road. I think we conceded that to the north you have a landlocked parcel in that there would be a future connection. We felt in that the, the concession may be made to the policy given the unique circumstances. It's the southern, uh, the southern entrance, the distance to the Russell Branch that we wanted to flag for the board's uh, discussion in terms of the relevant policy that talks about reducing the amount of access points you have along Loudoun County Parkway. Okay. Now, is, is, what is the applicant, and I'll ask the applicant this in a minute, but what is the applicant proposing to do with the ball fields? They have a, an approved site plan right. for ball fields at this time. But are they taking them off in this part of this application and replacing it with? They, the ball fields are not being shown on the concept development plan. So they are not a part of this legislative application, okay. the ball fields. All right. Any other questions for staff? It is the applicant's turn. Hello again. Hello again. I'm going to flip coins a lot better with Molly Novotny in my office uh, next time because she got the she got to waive her presentation and all. And my client for this one will not let me do that. My name is Colleen Gillis. I'm here on behalf of Peterson Companies and Commonwealth Center. Um, this is the overall Commonwealth Center project uh, in this location. A little bigger, broader view of the entirety of the project. Obviously, many of you know it, that it is home today to iFly, Top Golf and some other additional uses that are coming, the Visa data center and campus that's there. It's also home to a lot of floodplain um, that's shown in blue on that exhibit. Our proposal is to rezone a portion of the property, just the area that's not shaded out, about 37 acres, to PDCCSC. Uh, 24 acres in Land Bay A, 12 acres in Land Bay B, and then we're asking for two special exceptions. They are, in effect, the exact same special exception, and it is uh, noteworthy that those special exceptions are currently by right under PDIP. But in our effort to bring forward a complete package for what it is that we intend to do here, we recognize we could have carved that out and done a, done a gas station without the conditions. We felt like it was more forthcoming for us to go ahead and include them as special exceptions. So this just gives you a better idea of exactly what we plan to do um, without commitments to footprints because we are trying to be as flexible to future users as possible. Supervisor Letourneau, this might answer a little bit better the question of the write-in and write-out. What, um, what you see here is the write-in 
um, which is supported by VDOT. It meets all of VDOT's spacing requirements and design requirements. They asked us to move it south. We did it. VDOT has no objection. This is clearly, this is just very simply a policy conflict with the, with the county's policy to not permit additional breaks along Loudoun County Parkway, along a road such as that. To the north, we are permitted and staff has supported our write-in in the northern portion to allow access to the gas station, as Marchant said, because we've committed as well that once that Thorndike connection is made and through access from Thorndike is made through this parcel, that we will eliminate that write-in, write-out. So why are we asking for this rezoning from PDIP to PDCC? Well, you all are familiar with the street sense analysis that uh, you all commissioned to determine the capacity in the county for additional retail and whether or not any additional retail was necessary. And if so, where would it, where would it go? This report, which was given to the Board of Supervisors, determined that at, in 2015, there was almost, over 400,000 square feet of unmet demand, meaning this corridor, this portion of Loudoun County, north of, uh, in the area, the Route 7 corridor from Route 28 to the town of Leesburg limits could support an additional 400,000 square feet of retail. There was demand in 2015. And in 2025, just eight years from now, over 100 million more square feet are needed to meet the forecasted demand. So as we look at this area and we look at the opportunities here and the opportunity to provide uses that would not compete with one line across the street, realize that it made sense to rezone this to PDCCSC. As has been said before, this intersection of Route 7 and Loudoun County Parkway is for the time being, Loudoun's entertainment, restaurant, and retail known. And as you look around this interchange, lots of opportunity, we think, for retail and entertainment, and we'd like to add to that. So what if we don't change? Could we do these uses if we don't change? Well, today we've got over 200 acres in Commonwealth Center at a .6 FAR, and the ordinance by right today permits that up to 10% of our approved floor area could be utilized for auxiliary uses. That means that over 500,000 square feet of auxiliary uses would be permitted to be constructed today. So what are auxiliary uses? Well, we like to say colloquially that these are the not-so-great retail uses. This is not in line with the iFly and the Top Golf and the uses that are across the street at One Loudon and hopefully the future baseball stadium, but these are kind of the secondary uses, the beauty shops, the barber shops, the coffee shops, the travel agencies, those sorts of uses. While we could do those and those there would be a market, it doesn't keep in line with what Peterson Companies envisions for this quadrant and what we think the Board of Supervisors in the county would like to see in this quadrant. So what, we're, what are we talking about? What additional uses do we get with this? Well, we get a pharmacy. We get a restaurant. We have the entitlement to do up to 20% of our gross floor area, approximately 60,000 square feet, as office within the PDCC. We already have the office entitlement elsewhere in PDIP. This is just within the PDCC district. Retail sales, so your, your, your clothing stores, men and women clothing stores, shoe stores, et cetera, bowling alley, indoor recreation establishment. We're just really trying to build on the energy and vitality that we have there already. And we took a look at the took a look at what happens to traffic by rezoning this to PDCC. Whether or not we're doing, in this case, 300,000 square feet of PDCC retail uses, and we compare it to 958,000 square feet of office uses, it's a reduction in traffic. The buy right, if we were to do a half a million square feet of auxiliary uses, it's a reduction in traffic because we're reducing the overall density. So in every case, in every scenario, we're taking trips that would otherwise be entitled to be developed on this property off of the road network. 
And these are some of the inspiration for the retail regional centers. This is what we would envision, high quality, really attractive architecture. And we've actually committed to design guidelines that, that commit us to the type of style and architecture that you saw earlier. Your planning commission held us to an even higher standard, ensured that we had four-sided architecture uh, effectively, that for any facade that faces Loudoun County Parkway, Route 7, Russell Branch Parkway, that we treat it as if it were a front door, a primary facade, that higher architectural standard, and we were happy to do that. You asked the question with regard to the zoning modifications um, for the right in, right out. We're, we have six modifications in connection with this application. All but two are supported by staff. The first one has to do with the setback to the PDIP district to the north and east of the property. And predominantly, staff has raised the concern along Route 7 uh, for the modification here. And then additionally, in this location, I'm going to start with B for that, the justification for that modification. As you can see, all of the area that's just to the east of that boundary, our PD, proposed PDCC boundary is floodplain. We find it just particularly, just a little crazy to set back to a floodplain. We're not protecting anything, and we'll talk about the environmental protections we're doing in a moment, but we want to maximize the development potential of this area, and reducing that setback allows us to do that. The second one, A, noted here, is along Route 7. And what's important to note is, is that for the entirety, almost the entire section of our reduced setback, we're adjacent to the ramp. As the Transportation Land Use Committee knows, when you all initiated a, a zoning ordinance amendment to change the setback to Route 7, you did not touch the setbacks to the ramps. So the setback to the ramps requires 75-foot setback, and because of that intervening strip, we're at least 75 feet, and in all cases, 110 feet back from, from the ramp. So we think that we are achieving exactly what you all endorse in terms of the Route 7 setback. And then we talked about the write-in uh, exception that we're looking for for the southern land bay. This is, a this is a requirement for CVS to go in this location. And it additionally obviously bleeds off traffic from the intersection of Loudoun County Parkway and Russell Branch Parkway. I said earlier I'd mention a little bit about our environmental. We've got 90-plus acres of floodplain preserved throughout Commonwealth Center. We are also committing in this application to 50 feet of management buffer adjacent to the floodplain, reforestation in the floodplain, we've created areas of tree conservation, and we're preserving the wetlands. Additionally, your planning commission asked us to commit to additional landscaping, and, and what you can see circled in red here are those additional landscaping commitments that we agreed to in connection with working with your planning commission. We've also agreed to a minimum of 20,000 square feet of office development here. We think that this is better suited as, an, as a retail environment, but we're willing to commit to, out of the permitted by right 60,000 square feet of office, that at least 20,000 square feet of it will be office. We can't tell you when that's gonna come because it's predicting the market, but we have reduced our overall retail entitlement to commit to 20,000 square feet of office development. And as I said earlier, we've committed to additional retail, excuse me, additional design standards for any buildings facing Route 7, Loudoun County Parkway, and Russell Branch Parkway. So with that, I'm happy to answer any questions. We think that this is a really good enhancement to Loudoun's entertainment destination here, and we're happy to answer any questions. Okay, thank you. Are there questions for the applicants? Um, so I will ask one. So the ball fields are not part of the master plan? So the ball fields were a means by which we could recover land that when FEMA remapped recently, um, they remapped a portion of our property and 
after they remapped, we found out that they had used incorrect grades. So half of that nine acres was essentially in the floodplain. Once we found that out, it was too late to go through the waiver process with FEMA. So we met with county staff, the zoning department, and told them about a plan about building ball fields in the PDIP zoning district, which is an allowed use within PDIP, and it does allow you to modify the grade in a floodplain. And the zoning department at that time said, you are legally allowed to do that. We don't necessarily like you doing that, but you're legally allowed to do that, and we can't stop you. So we filed for a site plan. We got our grading permit. We've graded that site. It is now out of the floodplain. The ball fields are on grade, and we're at the point where we're ready to seed, and we'll probably go ahead and seed. But at some point, we will change that, and we will, after this zoning, if it's approved, we'll probably um, come up with new concepts, and it'll go retail and or office in that area. Okay. Um, let's see, Mr. Sain's questions for... Okay, Mr. Buffington, question for... Uh, who will be using the ball fields until they're gone? What's the plan for that? Well, we're trying to figure that out, to be honest with you. <clears throat> will the county have access to do that? I'm, I'm sure we could work with that. I'm not sure how long the ball fields are going to be in existence, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, uh, the Loudoun County Parkway direct access, the one that staff has an issue with on the south side, mm -hmm. um, can you go into that a little bit more to just explain the issue? I know you said VDOT is okay. You're right. meeting VDOT standards, uh, yep. according to you all. Yeah. What is, how is our standard different? And Loudoun, County Park, uh, Loudoun County has a policy, and they can speak to this as well. They have a policy against um, these sort of write-in conditions or additional connections to a road such as Loudoun County Parkway. And so you have a circumstance or a situation in which our policy, not from a design standard, not from a safety perspective, not from a not not because it's it's bad for the flow of traffic necessarily. But we have a policy to eliminate those additional connections where possible, and so the county policy is in conflict with our request and CVS's request that we're making on their behalf to that to that connection. VDOT though has reviewed this; they're in support of it; they're okay with it because they don't have a similar policy. And the last um, sort of comment and question, um, Supervisor Meyer uh, communicated that he would like to see more commercial added back into the application. He would like us to forward this to a, a, a business meeting and not to do anything here tonight. Um, but could you give a little history on that? I mean, what was, you had more previously and then removed it? Is that what happened? And then he wants to, because he wrote added back into the application. I'm not... I, we'd love to have that conversation about what he means about added back in. Yeah. The application when we submitted it was an entirely retail project um, with the option to do up to 60,000 square feet of office per the PDCCSE zoning. And so as we worked through the Planning Commission, when we got out of the Planning Commission, there were, right before they voted, we were at 15,000. And then Commissioner Kearse asked us to add another five. And so we were at 20,000. We still have the option to go to 60. But we're at 20 right now, and so we welcome the conversation with Supervisor Meyer about 
you know, more, what he's thinking about. One more quick thing yeah. about the Loudoun County Parkway access. Is there a turn lane or a deceleration lane, or do they have to decel in Loudoun no, County No, no, there's a, there's a, there is absolutely a deceleration lane to get them uh, into the property. Thank you. We're constructing. Okay, other questions for the applicant? None. Uh, question for the applicant. Okay, we have one member of the public who has signed up to speak, Jem Bingle. Stuck with us all night. You yes. Have two and a half minutes. Thank you very much. Um, I represent the Piedmont Environmental Council, and I have um, been very interested in this particular parcel, starting with the issue of the grading and um, what that, the problem that the county has right now with grading that, that occurs before an application Grading that happens that is disconnected with the final product that may be on the site. And when you have a legislative application where you would be looking for information on the archaeological, et cetera, um, resources on the property, it's a problem that we're going to lose things that we, uh, we have a process that's not working. Um, and I know that staff had gave, given you an informational item about this. I don't think that that's an adequate solution. Aside from that, um, so ball fields that we really won't have, basically, in the future. Um, as far as the change, you have a town center across the street. A town center has a lot of different uses. That's the point of a town center. It has... Um, a lot of variety, and so I would expect a town center, as it develops out, to have retail uses that would be um, the kind that are being discussed here. I got dinged the other day because I'm not paying attention to how Loudoun is developing along here, and you know, it's changing. It's it's schlocky. Well, clearly they're saying this won't be, and that's really good. But um, I think that's really important to pay attention to as this part of the county develops out. We want to keep the, the intent and the look, and I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Any other members of the public here? No? Uh, Mr. Sains, did you have a motion? Or? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Chair. Uh, further instructions of our colleague, Supervisor Meyer, he'd like to forward this item to the, the next board meeting, so I'll make the motion. I move that the Board of Supervisors forward ZMAP 2016-0017, SPX 2016-0053, uh, SPEX 2016-0054, uh, ZMOD 2017-0015, Commonwealth Center to the December 5th, 2017 Board of Supervisors Business Meeting for Action. Motions made and seconded by Mr. Buffington. Any opening, Mr. Saines? Nope. Mr. Chairman? Ms. Volpe? I believe we have a technical issue. Um, what is the decision deadline for this item? Today. We, November 15th. We, were, we would be happy to extend it to December 5th. Okay. Applicant has agreed to a timeline extension to December 5th. Other comments from board members? Um, I, I will just say myself... Um, does staff have a concern about the floodplain issue with FEMA? And, uh, I mean, this is sort of a, I don't want to ascribe 
a negative motive necessarily, but this is sort of a subversion, it sounds like, to some extent. Is that a concern for staff? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Uh, we've gotten everything addressed in that regard. Okay, so if something develops differently than what was originally mapped, that's fine. Yes. Okay. Um, I think I, I probably want to explore this uh, turn lane issue a little bit more. I mean, I'm thinking of there's a CVS on Belmont Ridge Road in the um, I don't, Belmont Green, I think, is the name of the community there. And um, I don't believe they have direct access on Belmont Ridge. I'm sure they would like it, but you have to take a right into the, um, into the shopping center in the community there in order to get in. And it seems like it's a bit of a parallel here. So I know I, I've sort of heard that CVS doesn't like that, but they do have another, at least one location I can think of um, like that. I don't know if you want to address that now, but. They closed that store. Oh, that store's closed? Yeah. Okay. Well, that whole shopping center is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lido's is almost there. The, I'm sure the closing of the cool line. But anyway, I would be interested in, in maybe exploring that a little bit, a little bit further. Um, is there another, Mr. Young, yes. I'm just going to hold here for a minute. I just want to clarify, you had a question about does staff have any issues regarding the policy and with FEMA. We don't have any issues as long as they build the ball fields, which they show on their on their plans. Oh. Then we'll be able to process the application, uh, but they have to construct those ball fields. What happens if they don't construct the ball fields? There's there. <laughs> the issue here is that the type of development that FEMA allows us to, to, to have in the floodplain is, is restricted to active uh, uh, and passive recreation. The ball fields are active recreation. So if the ball fields are not constructed fully and a letter of map provision goes to FEMA with buildings on them, that doesn't reflect well on our programmatic obligations under the, under the NFIP. So what we're looking to do is get the ball fields completed and a letter of map provision based on fill going to FEMA, and they will revise that through the processes, and then that will be removed from the FEMA mapping. The ball FEMA. fields. Yes. Eventually. The, the floodplain itself will be adjusted to the fill line associated with the, with the ball fields. Okay. Mr. Rogers. If I could comment on that as well. It, it's actually in the property owner's best interest to complete the ball fields as shown on the site plan get the letter from the county in order to get the FEMA maps adjusted for the current elevations on the site. So I don't think the problem is not completing the uh, multi-purpose fields as shown on the site plan. Once that's done and the FEMA map is changed, then they can go and get uh, federally financed mortgages. They don't have to worry about their building type design. It's actually a lot less expensive for them to do it that way. For the county standpoint, this is really just a land use decision. Currently what they're doing is consistent with our Floodplain Overlay District Ordinance. Got it. Okay. Ms. Volpe, I don't think you Yes, thank you. Um, I have a quick question. Uh, I, I appreciate uh, Jim bringing up issues. I just want to make sure um, that, for example, you all didn't just, like, you know, grade it and not do things like, say, an archaeological study and, you know, the whole borings and all those weird things that, you know, the guys down in building and development love. The boundaries of, of the land bay that's at the southeast corner of Loudoun County Parkway and Russell Branch Parkway, the boundaries of that that were, that were adjusted through the floodplain alteration process are exactly the boundaries that existed for that land bay 
prior to the floodplain being adjusted in the county. We did an entire phase one archaeology investigation for the entirety of all of the land that was outside of the floodplain, and it included the area that wasn't in the floodplain, was mapped into the floodplain, and is now back out of the floodplain. So we've done, we have not, we have not shirked or avoided any of our phase one archaeology responsibilities, and no historical sites of any historical significance were found here at all. Okay. Um, is there a closing, Mr. Sainz? Nope, just sounds like we have a couple of things that need to be hashed out, so it makes sense to forward it, and glad the applicant uh, accepting that. Thank you, Supervisor Volpe, for the technical assistance. Okay. Uh, with that said, then, um, all in favor of the motion, signify by saying aye. Aye. Anyone opposed? Motion carries 603. And unless you all want to go reenact item 13, which I don't no. think you can do tonight, uh, Thank you. we are adjourned. Have a good night. <laughs>